Howdy! It's another completely unnecessary podcast, Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. That's Ian looking dapper in his Demon's Tilt shirt. Ah, uh, yes. I'm Pat Contry in my future Urban Octopus shirt. On the show today, we're talking about uh, uh, the fallout of the Intellivision Amico saga. It's the start. It's We're, we're just starting to get the radiation cloud over this. It's going to go on for a while, right? We'll also have uh, we'll it's going to be there's going to be there's gonna, distinct eras to the the yeah. fallout. We're entering, but we're entering phase three of this whole saga, though. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, Patreon poll topic. We're going to go back to the 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 voicemails this week. Uh, other little tidbits. Ian, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, Spike's birthday was yesterday. Good old Spike. How old is little Spike? Nineteen. He, he, he's showing a picture or, or tweeted. He looked. He looked as. As happy as usual. 19 years young, that boy. Uh, just gave him a little bit of pork loin last night. A little bit dinner. of loin? Yeah, a little bit of loin last night for dinner. Appreciate that. Yeah, he did. He 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 didn't even really, like, chew it. I was afraid he was going to choke. He was just... Blah, blah. He just, he just downed Delicious. it? Yep. Oh, it was hot? Well, it was a little warm. It was oh, warm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cats like a little bit of warm. Warmed they, up. No, they do. Like, yeah. I, I have found... Something that I've learned about the cat is... Because he gets very picky about his food. Uh, as he's gotten older, sometimes if you zap it in the microwave for like five, ten seconds and give it a stir, he'll eat it again. And I read that sometimes cats don't like cold food because cold means dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, they want to sink so, their teeth to a nice, yeah, nice they, bird. They want that bird to be oh, warm yeah. and thrashing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you're going all moist food, right? All fresh food. Yeah, we we don't do dry. Well, he gets a little bit of dry as a snack, but uh, his main meals are wet food, and we don't give him a lot right. of dry food because it's bad for their kidneys. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad that was for do- dogs and cats until you read about it. This is actually terrible for them. Not as term. bad for dogs, but like pre- like I still obviously probably want to give them some some wet food or some real food, but mix it in at least. Um, yeah, cats dry food. Just it dries it. them out. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, uh, because it goes in dry, and all the moisture goes. Yeah, and it ruins goes to that. Nor- yeah, it's it's all, not that it should be outlawed, but it's just like no, you can't. Yeah, just be careful. Definitely make no. sure you're feeding your cat at least one meal of wet food a day. Um, we had the Super Bowl. Yeah, I did not watch. It was it, a good game. It was it was good because like when you don't have to root for a team, sure, you just like relax. I can um, do that with basketball. I can't do that with football. I, I can watch. Uh, yeah, I can watch basketball and just enjoy oh. the game between two teams. I can't watch football just to watch football. I've got to care about the team. Well, the the uh, the L.A. Rams got it. They were there two years ago with Jared Goff. They traded up for Matt Stafford, and then they got Von Miller for their defense to shore up their defense. It's, it's sports talk, and they went all in on this season, and it worked. Obviously, it yeah. worked, and um, they beat the the Bengals with young Joe Burrow quarterback. Uh, they call him Joe Scheister for some reason. That's his nickname. One of his reasons. I was like, what? Um, or, or something like that. Um, so, uh, good game. Uh, but we know why you like the Super Bowl. The food and the commercials. So, we always do uh, Castle Conscious. One of the rare times Frank comes over and hangs out here. It isn't like even driving. Uh, it was Frank. Uh, Frank and his sister and his and his old hippie acting pal, Richard. It was, it was awesome. I love Richard. And um, we did sandwiches from Olive Tree. And then I buy the sides. Uh, 
Vaughn's has the best sides in the area for the supermarket, by the way. Red, white, and blue potato salad. Intermittent mm. fasting. Red potato, blue cheese, bacon, and bacon. It's the best potato salad you'll ever have. Yeah, you ever have. Thinking I might make some of that today, actually, because I've got leftover I, blue cheese because I made Brussels sprouts with blue cheese over the weekend. Got leftover blue cheese. I got some leftover taters. Yeah. And being that it's not mayo based, it lasts longer too. I was like, you want to go two weeks? Of, but well, I'm like, pretty sure there's some mayo in it. I've had it before, but I think it's it's, it's light. Yeah, because it's blue cheese. Well, yeah. I, I, guess, I, I, I guess at that point, if you're mixing the mayo with the crumbled blue cheese, you're making yeah. blue cheese dressing. Oh, okay. But you're like right. we did that. I bought uh, wings. Like a, it was on sale. At, I went. I went to uh, Good Old Sprouts, the best for the meat and fish in the area. Uh, only five bucks a pound for wings, buffalo wings. Five bucks. So I got a pound and a half, put it in the oven. Uh, Frank ate only like three. Uh, let me tell you something about my parties. Pat, when Pat throws a party, the rare occasion, I go all out. I want my guests fat and happy. I want them to be well fed. I don't want them to ever be like, well, there isn't enough. I, I overbuy. But you always talk about having too much leftovers. Yes. I don't learn my lesson. I always buy a pound and, uh, you know, I bought a, like a pound and a half of, of um, for four people. And so we had sandwiches. I got two sandwiches. I ate a full sandwich. The other one I'm going to eat later. And I pay, and I paid for my sandwiches before you say, oh, boo. no. Um, I bought, I ate a whole sandwich, the sides. I do chips and salsa. My sister gave me the loveliest thing ever while I was in Jersey. It's a platter that's shaped like a pepper, Ian, with two compartments, the top for the salsa, the bottom for the, the chips. I, I at Once a year, I wash it. I Very put nice. it out. It was barely touched. And I'm like, just in the fact that by the platter alone and the and the representation, it should have been dove at that. Yeah. I, always, I always got that. I get regular chips, sometimes pretzels. Not this year. Frank likes pretzels, and I always get Cool Ranch Doritos. That's my I'm all, a big pretzels guy. I always get Cool Ranch Doritos. That's my all time favorite chip, and that's pro- usually the only chip I ever eat. I never, I'm never hunkering for chips except for Cool Ranch. So really? I got yes for some reason. I don't like regular Doritos. I just like Cool Ranch. Um, so got that. And uh, the wings were barely touched. Sandwiches were eaten. Uh, sides were barely touched. And then I get my, uh, I, I love the cheap cupcakes. I love this, the cupcakes where they do like a dozen and they put the little, it's, they do, uh, you know, vanilla and chocolate. Uh, the the whipped cream frosting. But the frosting's all the same with different colors. Yeah. That, I, love first, I love those cupcakes. No, me too. I don't know I'm why. You, man. They're, they, they, they bake them fresh. The cake is actually moist. And it's the worst. It's just like, what, like a sugar swirl thing. Like it's basically. Literally just whipped cream. It's just whipped cream. It's, it's whipped cream with a lot of sugar is basically what that frosting is. Okay. It's not the worst thing in the world, but, you know, whipped cream is not that bad, but they add sugar to the whipped cream. It's delicious. He's going to take one home because I can't eat the rest of the I was the only one that ate them. They're wonderful. Frank didn't have any. Frank used to eat them. They stopped eating them. So the point is, is that, like, I, I get depressed because, like, people are happy here, but it's like I – Frank took home his, his bag of chips. Uh, I, I got the Lay's. He loves the regular Lay's potato chip, just a regular potato chip. That's you know, every once in a while I do too. I used to hate them, but Vani always gets them and through stealing little like bits and pieces here and there. I don't mind the regular Lay's potato chip. There's a greasy potato chip, the regular greasy yeah, potato chip. like it better than some of the flavored ones, that's for sure. Better than those fucking barbecue ones. I can't do Gross. a barbecue chip. Gross. I can't do a barbecue chip. I can do some, but not uh, Lay's. Lay's barbecue chips are oh. fucking nasty. I haven't, I haven't had a ruffle sour cream and onion in forever. Those are good. I haven't had one of those in forever. I used to like those as a kid. That was like that was like my go-to as a kid was sour cream and onion. I think sour cream and onions, um, clutch. Yeah, we don't have Wise out here, unfortunately. That's back east. Ah, uh, see, I like Wise. I like Wise chips. Those are good. Or New York Deli. That was always back east. Remember New York Deli chips? Mm-hmm. They were yep. most. They were usually um, like like Cape Cod chips. 
they were yes. they were like the what are they called? They're like they taste they they say, oh they taste stale. No, that's how they're they're cooked differently. They're um I can't remember the term. They're different. Cape cod chips. Kettle chipped. They're like Ke- kettle, kettle chip. cooked. Yeah. Kettle chips. But, but, kettle but back twenty years ago there were no chips like that. Like now it's all over the place, kettle chips. But back then it was like Cape Cod chips and like maybe New York Deli did it, maybe. I don't know. Remember New York Deli. Yeah, Cape Cod was the big one. I think Utz my purple, did them too. my purple passion. Yeah, we don't have Utz out here either. That's a Pennsylvania company. Yeah. Anyway, chips are regional. It's fascinating. So anyway, so I was disappointed. The commercials were fun, but there were mostly two categories. If you didn't watch, there was about seven. This is a positive. It, this is what offsets each other. Unfortunately, there was about seven or eight commercials for electric cars slash SUVs. Almost yeah. all but one of the automobile commercials was for electric. That's good. But then you had about seven commercials for crypto. There was a QR thing that was one of the things. The QR code. That's the Coinbase one. Yeah, the QR code was moving on the screen. Oh, this is a brilliant thing. It worked for me. I'm going to get my phone and see what that is. Unfortunately, they, it was hard to track it with take a photo, but eventually it worked. They should have had it move like randomly instead. Um, so I did that. And then the commercial of the night for the first 90% was a brilliant commercial with Larry David. Being all curmudgeon throughout history about inventions. About he's like a pharaoh and sometimes I, do, I, I present the wheel and it's like, eh, what is that? Can you eat it? You can you can roll a bagel, you can eat a bagel. Like picture Larry David doing that all throughout history, like going to Edison. Eh, I'm not too uh worked up about the, you know, about the about the uh, light bulb. Like throughout hysterical. Like right. it's Larry uh, throughout history. He's at like a Japanese board meeting saying you know about oh the the future's gonna be like, you know, handheld like MP3 stuff. And he's like, and he's like in Japanese saying it's not. And then you get to the last 10 seconds, a guy telling him about a fucking crypto exchange. And Larry's saying, no, nah, you know, I'm, I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm, and I'm ne- almost never wrong. And so, boy, was that like the most disappointing denouement to a commercial I'd ever mm. seen in my life. Like Larry David is probably the last person on the planet you would expect to, uh, to endorse or talk about crypto. He's the type of guy, if you walk on the street and say, this, it sounds like bullshit. Like I can almost guarantee you that Larry David is thinks crypto is bullshit, you know. But like the, I, they, they probably gave him a ton of money or something, or or he did a. It's mostly probably like he did a favor to someone on top. You know, like right. they, he doesn't need Larry David does not need the money to do that. He, he's the residuals from Seinfeld are ridiculous, are insane. Uh so like, why did Larry David do that? I'd love to know that because like, boy, some people were like disappointed. By that, they're like, oh, my God. It is disappointing. And the thing is, is I hate that fucking argument. People try to make that argument all the time because the light bulb did something better. Well, that's that was the whole premise of the commercial was like he was always wrong about these things. So he's going to be wrong about crypto. No, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying when people try to say that about crypto, crypto's oh, yeah. not doing anything well, yeah, better. Yeah. One of the best tweets I saw was, you know, why crypt- cryptocurrency isn't money. You don't have to advertise money. They were right. Yeah, I saw money. that. No, you don't have to advertise money. It's not at this point. We know crypto's not money. That that ship has sailed. Right. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's it's the fucking uh, it's it's the currency in, in El Salvador or something like. No, it's not. It stop it. And all that shit's bullshit too. Once you actually look into it, like the people that are pumping that stuff. So now that's how you know how desperate it is. It's 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 um because this is what happened twenty years ago with all the all the dot com bubble stocks like yes dot com. There was there was a couple years where there were an insane amount of of dot com commercials, like we're talking like ninety nine, you know, two thousand, ninety, like like those like two three years where like it was a ton of them mm-hmm. right before the crash came, right before that crash came around the turn of the century, and I see it being the same thing. They have to hook the new the new fresh blood, the fresh money to come in to in order to keep the the prices going. Yeah, 
That's it. They need liquidity. They need more people to come in. That's it. There's no inherent value to this. So if you can't keep bringing new people in. If more people can't come in to buy it, you can't keep the price where it's at. That's the bottom line. So that's – it's – um yeah. It was a funny commercial. It was well-produced. He was looking at like looking at the toilet. I go, oh, we're not animals. We go outside. Like it's just a funny thing seeing Larry dressed up throughout history. And then there was the end. <laughs> there was the end. It was just like I can't picture Larry ever we hate being this. involved. Yeah, Larry's not buying or investing in crypto. I don't see him doing that. But that was the only. But th- but that was uh, that was not the only memorable one. Besides, um, yeah, that was about the only memorable one. There wasn't a lot of, like funny like overproduced ones. Uh, in terms of trailers, uh, the Doctor Strange sequel looks insane because Sam Raimi's directing it. So the yeah. are gonna be, and it's going to be what we all thought it's going to be the the MCU version of, of the Spider Man movie where they're going to bring everything in probably right. Is that so. supposed to take place after, or is it running concurrently to the Spider Man movie? Originally, it was supposed to come out before. Originally, it was supposed to come out before. They had to rewrite the Spider Man movie and like tinker some things around. I think and do some reshoots because of the okay, delay. So this is supposed to happen after the Spider. Yes, it's going to happen okay. in order. But originally, it was going to be like multiverse then Spider Man. Uh, I think because then Doctor Strange knows what the, how bad the multiverse is, but it probably works better reversing it because him un- unleashing it sure it ties in now with this, with that, and of course Wanda doing it in the Wanda series. I think it's going to be a trip, especially because again it's Raimi. Raimi is a really interesting director. It well, looks like and a hard... you're saying what like three hours? It's supposed to the be? rough cut supposedly three hours. This probably won't end up like that, but two and a half, two forty. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be special. I think it's going to be. They only can do these big, big ass movies like this for so long, though. Eventually, they got to go back to smaller MCU movies. Yeah, I think I'll go see this one. Oh no! The, the did you see the trailer? Or you want no. the horror visuals look like wow. Nice. Like I want people to be in the theater like scared. Like, and hopefully that's what Ram is going to bring to it. Like, is Wanda going to be a villain? Is she going to be an anti-hero? Like, people are like, there's the good news about this trailer is that it doesn't give away too much. Oh, that's good. Like that's you impressive. don't like you know the plot where things are going to hell, like the whole multiverse. But like you don't know like uh, like who are these new characters? Like there's a was America Chavez is I think that one of the new characters introduced from the, newer in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wears like, like an American Captain American shirt or whatever. Um, and then there's a couple others, but like you don't know you're not you don't know the plot beats. You don't know what's happening. So which they did a good job looking back. I hate to give Sony credit. They they did as good a job they could have done with that Spider Man trailer because they. They didn't reveal anything about the plot beats, really, right. besides the first 20, 20 or so minutes. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Gotta support my buddy Sam. You want me to give you this, the teaser at the end, or no, not spoil anything? No, you can give me the teaser. Okay, you hear Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah, I, yeah, you told so, me that yesterday. So, so that's it. Yeah, you, you got your mutants. That's what I want. That's what I want. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, Mame turned 25. We missed it last week. We did. And I don't have a whole lot to say about Mame other than the fact that it's important and it's been... I mean, I started using right. it when it was just a couple years. No, I'm sorry. Mame turned 25. I was using Mame like right when it came out. <laughs> I, I was using Mame... Terrifying to think about. I want to say 98 because when I got to college, I I started looking more into, okay, I'm bored. 
you know, I know NES or NES emulator. Okay, play. Then I was, I was like playing arcade games on your computer. How is that possible? Like it blew my mind. And back then it was only like twenty to thirty games supported. Like it was super early on. Yeah. Originally it was like what a handful of games. It was like some of the Namco games. You yeah. Know? Pac-Man, Galaga, stuff like that. Yeah, I went Big from Nesticle to Mame. I probably did the same thing. And I remember Mame being interesting because it was a little bit more to kind of deal with. Yeah, because they didn't have the snappy interface at first. Right. Um, but yeah, after my like first girlfriend and I broke up, I went from NES emulation into just messing around with Mame and did a lot of that. And I mean, it grew by leaps and bounds. With it's every year. insane. I didn't know they do they do weekly releases. Yeah. At this point, that's nuts. So it's obviously important for documenting the history of how this stuff works. It's almost like it's a side effect that you can play them. Yeah, like the, I, like I, that's what. It that's the interesting thing about Mame, and I guess it yeah. felt that way when I started it too. The difference felt huge between something like the NES ROM community and the like NES emulators and Super Nintendo emulators. Yeah, NES like, emulators were not accurate because for a it long was time. like we just yeah. want to play these games for yeah. free. Yeah. Um, whereas the Mame aspect of it, like there was stuff that was emulated at that time that still didn't. Like I remember they were emulating things on Mame that there was no way you could get the proper control input into for yet. Like they hadn't figured it was just emulating it to emulate it to learn about it. Gotcha. Um a lot of early like pin mame was that way too. It was just emulating the you know, the um the program files for the sake of doing it without attaching it to, you know, a virtual pinball table. So it actually was uh, December twenty fourth, ninety six. So it seemed like the main community was a little late reporting this. Uh, developer Nicola Salmoria began working on a single arcade hardware emulator such as Multipack. Nicola merged his emulators together under a single unified framework. And on February 5th, 97, oh, it's February 5th, he released Main Point One. Okay, so that was the release date, but he started working for that. So he had a bunch of different emulators. He said, this doesn't make any sense to have different ones. Why not have one? Right. And I, I guess that was brilliant because at the time that wasn't done. Because I do remember, and I can't remember the names, although I bet you if I looked them up, I could find them. I remember there being, like... Specific game ones. Yeah, yeah like a Pac-Man emulator, yes. and then there was a, a Galaga emulator, and yeah, you had to get, like, separate individual emulators for some of these. So, uh, so Nicolo, brilliant. Person before their time. <laughs> because now you can't think of that, like, all the, the front ends where it's like, yeah, you don't want to have to open up all these different emulators, you know, and do all... I mean, you still have different emulators, but, like, the packaging that together, I don't know, it's brilliant. He had the yeah. They had the foresight to be to be like, okay, this might be a thing. This might this might expand, you know. Impressive shit. Unless you're Larry David, it's like, eh, you know, I play at home. Uh, so that was great. Movie Pass is returning. Remember Movie Pass? Remember remember pre pandemic? Remember 2019 Movie Pass? Mm-hmm. It was like a lifetime ago where we said like, this is insane. How are they making money? Well, they weren't. They, they were going bankrupt. We thought it was a so Movie Pass was like, oh, you pay like whatever. Uh, you pay like whatever ten bucks a month, but Movie Pass still has to purchase the tickets that that you use that you go to the theater because the movie theater ain't losing money. So then, like, how are they making money? Like, th- what kind of scam is this? Then I always postulate, well, it must be they want to collect user data to sell it. Either way, they never got the profitability, and they went under. Or uh, and now it's coming back uh, via uh, an app that you're going to earn uh, movie tickets by watching ads, and it's going to track your eyeballs and make sure you're watching the screen. It's a much better idea, <laughs> you know, in terms of profitability. I mean, profitability. at least they get something in return for it. I mean, they, they, the yeah. guarantee that you're watching this ad. Yeah, the platform supported, like the business idea supported by the advertisers. Like right. that makes sense to to do that. And it's a subscription. Uh, let's see. Yeah, folded in 2019. CEO Stacy Spikes. That sounds like a combo character's name. 
set at a press event in Manhattan on Thursday. New subscription won't offer unlimited movies anymore. How could they ever do that? But it's still introduce a, a tiered subscription system. Similar to fitness startup ClassPass, I'm not familiar with that, MoviePass customers will buy credits that they can then redeem for movie showings. Oh, we're going to have DLC. We're going to have little mini games. Well, that's basically what it is. It's like DLC, but to see movies. Uh, using a feature called pre-show, MoviePass customers will get credits in exchange for watching ads on their phones. To make sure they're actually watching, the app will track users' eyeballs, Spike said. This is interesting. He bought the company in a bankruptcy court for a mere $14,000. Fuck, I would have bought it for that. For $14,000. 14 that's it? No one saw any value in it? And apparently, mm-hmm. um, he worked at the original company. Um, he originally, co-fo- originally co-founded it, but the service only gave Steam. So he originally co-founded it in 2011, but the service only gave Steam in 2017. That was when the company introduced its $10 unlimited movie tickets deal. Spike says that at the time, he questioned whether the $10 a month model was sustainable, and he says he was fired by the app's new owners in 2018 over those concerns. Well, he was right. I mean, like, like, how could you think that we're going to let people see as many movies as they want, but we still have to reimburse the fee? Like, how can you think that's sustainable? Like, there's... Like, there had to be taking money from the business. Like, how, like, why? What? People were like, this is great. It's too, like, enjoy it while it lasts. Because people that were using it were like, this is insane. Everyone I know who had it knew that it was going to be a temporary thing. And they were just getting I, all of that season's movies out of the way. <laughs> I can't even think of something that compares to, like, what this was. It's basically like you're... you're you're getting you're getting like up to like a thousand dollars like how many movies can you see in a day if you wanted like four movies at a theater we'll just say three movies i mean technically sure you could but my i couldn't okay we'll just say if you're a big movie fan you you'll maybe see, two you'll go every day and you'll spend 15 dollars a day 15 dollars times uh 30 pat me 450 dollars 450 that you pay whatever it was 10 bucks like come on you're killing me Unless they had some deal with the theaters to like, oh, give us a cut of like the popcorn and soda revenue. I don't know, but it's that's nuts to do that. Even if you use it only t- twice. Well, a week I think that's what they were hoping. They were paying the money to these movie houses. I think to the like the 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 distributors and the publishers for the rights, the studios. Jesus fucking Christ, Ferguson, think of the word. And I think they were hoping to make that up through like increased popcorn and drink sales. I don't, I don't know; it's ridiculous. No, if they had the studios backing, it would have made, made more sense. If the studios were like pushing for this, but like the studios want to make they want to yeah. get as much money as they can. They want fifteen, twenty dollars per ticket, whatever it costs to see a movie. Now, let's say fifteen bucks. Anyway, well, we'll we'll see. I, I'm sure someone will, will ruin this though, because eventually they'll, they'll be all over the web how to like trick this app so you have it running for an hour and a half. And just have like a mannequin with eyes looking around. It's probably going to ask you, you know, put like look at this. Have a spot. Furby in well, front of it. But <laughs> but in a perfect world, they thought of that it's going to have you ask, look at this corner of the screen, then this corner, you right? Know, like several times to make sure. You know, there used to be there used to be scams like scams like this in college. Uh, my friends made thousands doing this fresh, like as 18, 19 year olds. Remember those things they used to pay you to use their web browser? Remember these? We're talking like ninety nine. I don't like, actually. Wow. There was all these things where if you use our web browser, which has ads integrated for a certain amount of time, we'll pay you per time. Okay. I remember hearing about this, but I never used any of it. So, but you weren't supposed to have more than one account, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you had to move your mouse to make sure you're using it. Because obviously, if you know, eventually they popped up where, all right, there was these little programs that would move your mouse and click every now and then. So we got that covered inside the window. But then they figured out, I won't say who, because it was, a, they got paid out a ton. They got paid. Freshmen at college getting thousands of dollars a month. That's, you know, when you're a freshman, yeah. When you don't have to pay for your food anyway because your parents are paying a meal plan, 
they figure out how to do multiple browsers and accounts and somehow have it go and keep them keep the browsers all active through whatever program, whatever they did. They tricked the company. They, they bankrupted these companies. I, I never I never got into it. I said, you guys are going to get in trouble. I should have done it. I should have done it. I had the one going. You're not going to get in fucking trouble for that shit. Well, once they found out your accounts, they could ban your. your oh, sure. Right. They could ban your account. But I mean, right. it's not like the cops are going to come knock and be like, give us well, back no, not that cops. money. I mean, a civil lawsuit, Ian. Not the cops. Uh, but you know, but th- these these existed tw- over twenty years ago. Yeah, people out there will remember that what I'm talking about. They'll remember that. Uh, you're you're super excited about the uh, Futurama revival, right? No, I am not excited <laughs> about the Futurama revival wow, you... at all. Um, I wish that companies would stop bringing shit back. That doesn't need to be brought back. It's happening so much that these things are going away again, without even even realizing. Like the Punky Brewster revival. Did that even like last past a season? No, I don't even remember that. Like I ba- uh, barely remember that. That's the whole point. Like, all, like there's a couple like Fuller House, rest in peace, Bob Saget. There's some of these that like last years. Most of these they just die on the vine. Like no one. Yeah, we have nostalgia. Then it's like, oh, that's cool. Punky Brewster's back. I remember watching Punky Brewster when I was five. But then you realize the show was only on for like three years, and it wasn't as big as what you thought it was. You know what I mean? Like. What what do you actually remember from Punky Brewster besides her cute little outfit and her pigtails? Like what do you? And then it goes away again because no one wants to see Punky Brewster when she's forty. Like no one cares. Like like who like who cares? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's weird that people keep marketing to us as an age demographic like that. I mean, it's it's the thrill of that is going to be gone in moments. You're really going to sit down and watch multiple seasons of Punky Brewster coming season, back. It was one season. Yeah, it was one season. Um, so. Futurama was on Fox. It was famously canceled. Um, because it was a, it was critically beloved. It was critically beloved. Raining original Simpsons yep. creator. Um, it was brought to. Uh, it found second life through DVDs and Comedy um, Central used to play them. Comedy Central put it on uh, Adult Swim, and then uh, I'm sorry, Cartoon Network put it on Adult Swim. Um, they did a few. I think they did four straight to DVD movies that basically act as you know additional episodes after the and tied it up. That yeah, that tie up that, that was about eight years ago, something like that. Probably even longer, ten years ago, twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 2013. For which one? For the, for the revival. Oh, I'm talking about the movies. The movies are pre-revival. Oh, the movies are pre-revival. Yeah, movies okay. are pre-revival. Okay. Movies are pre-revival. Um, and then they brought it back in 2013 to, I believe, Comedy Central. Um, and it went for another, I think, four seasons. So Okay. It was 2008, and then 2013 was the final movies. Okay. Okay. Or, or final revival. Um, well, it's not the final revival well, anymore. anymore. So they brought it back. I can't keep track. Uh, I did not like it when it came back. I've been told that I need to go back and give it a second try. Let me put it this way. Futurama is one of my favorite cartoons, period. Uh, I thought the first four seasons were just about perfect. Um, I don't know why it grabbed me, because I'm not like a massive Simpsons fan, but I really liked Futurama. Um, I thought it tied up. Uh, the, it ended okay, uh, you know, for what it was with what they had. The movies were decent, and then they brought it back for Comedy Central, so- and it just turned into all... It, like, immediately felt different. Like, it was all very um, time-sensitive jokes, like the the last episode I watched, I think it was the second episode of the revival. It was like twenty two minutes of Susan Boyle and uh, American Idol jokes. That would have been two thousand ten. Yeah, and it was just like, 
Okay, so now I'm confused. I saw I saw the last. Did I see the last movie then in 2009 when it came out to tie it up, or did I see the last revival no, episode the, 2013 to tie it up? No, highly doubtful. You saw that episode. The, what I saw looked like an ending to me, like it looked like a final ending. So maybe that was in the movie one. Did that tie it up the last movie episode? I think it did. Yes, it did. So you're saying then they un- they undid that for more seasons? Yeah, they undid it, then undid it for movies, then undid it for more seasons. Which apparently had a very good ending, according to people. The ending I saw, whatever it was, was a, was a very nice, like, heartfelt ending. And I'm like, there. You got an ending. It's like, it was undone. Okay. Um, okay. So, basically, there's the original run, the movies, <laughs> Comedy the Central. Comedy Central run, and now this. Gotcha. So, they brought it back kind of twice already. And... Um, Just stop. Here's the crazy thing. They don't think John, or they've said John DiMaggio is not coming back for Bender. Which is the most famous character. You can't have the show without that voice. And they're going to recast it. You can't do that. You can't. That that voice is so specific. You won't, you'll get close. You can't do it. So Cranky Ian, long story short, loved the first run of it. Thought it was great. Was really excited for it to come back the first time because everyone seemed excited about it. I felt like, you know what this show did? I normally am very against things coming back, but I was like, this show didn't get the chance it deserved. I was like, I, I'd like to see another season or two. Sure. And it was awful. And then they ended it, and people were actually happy with the ending. They were like, you know what? It wasn't great, but it ended okay. And now they're bringing it back again without one of the main voices. Right out the... Ca- I mean, at, at the, if you're going to do that, right out the character. Ki- fucking kill Bender. You can't do it. Bender's no, sick. you can't do it either way, but I mean, it's even worse to feel like... I mean, to say you're going to change the voice. It's an iconic it's voice. It's one of the three main characters, basically. It has to be yeah. in the episode. Like, you can't do that. So I, I wish they would stop doing this shit. Just let it be. I'm guessing it was a money dispute or contract dispute. I don't know. Um, something like that. But you got to fi- you got to figure that out. You have to. You know, it's like changing the voice of Bart Simpson or Homer. You can't do it. But even with Bender, I still wouldn't be interested. Wouldn't be in like, just fucking let it go. Um, yeah, it's tough to do that. I, I like how Archer's been on now for like 11 years. And they, they knew they was getting old. So they started doing these like changing up the seasons like because Archer was in a coma. So this season takes place like. In 1940, 46 or whatever, mm-hmm. this, this this one takes place in some like island adventure. Now we go to space, so they kept the same characters but changed the formula, so it didn't get old. Then it, now it's going back to them being normal. So like, I don't. When you drop these shows, when you have a show go on for so long, and then you come back eight years later, then another like, like the everything changes. I don't. I can't see how you can have continuity with with the creative side or obviously it sounds like when they brought it back to comedy central, it was totally it just different. felt different. Yeah. Like just, you can't do it. Either you got to keep it going forever. Then it, things are going to change anyway. Like Simpsons has been on forever now for forever, but at least like but it's been able to change gradually, gradually yeah. because it's been around for as long yes. as it has been. Or like family guy was off the air for like a year and a half, two years. They brought it back. So it's like, okay, it's not that long, but this is ridiculous. Like, come on. You, you do this every 10 years until K Sigel's like 95 years old, still doing the voice of Lila. Is that what you're going to do? It's just you got to at some point you got to move on. This, yeah. this is where this is where nostalgia just keeps you from moving on. It's just it's ridiculous. Yep, I'm never moving on from UltimateNintendo.com though. Nope. Every week we're gonna pump it. Um, we got certain NES and SNES guidebooks. Larry David loves them. Uh, we got enamel pins going on, RBI baseball stickers, and the limited T-shirt, which we're down to only a couple of sizes. But you better you better buy them before SoCal uh, Gaming Expo or, or just SoCal. Yeah, SoCal Gaming Expo. February 26th, 27th at the Ontario Convention Center in Ontario, California. We'll both be there. I'll be there. We'll be smiling. 
And so, well, you can't see our smiles with the mask on, but we'll be smiling. It's going to be cool. And come out and say hi, and we'll probably do a panel. I think we're doing a panel. I, I would imagine so. we're doing a panel. And I'll be on uh, Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash contracode for all your retro TV commercial needs. I've been on a roll lately. I have fun doing it. I relax. Ian loves them. He's there once every uh, uh, 59 weeks, we'll just say. Or yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm there. You want to talk about the Army shutting down video, video games as a recruitment tool? Army propaganda. Uh, America's Army uh, has been shut down. So this game has been around for... Quite some time. I remember there being versions of it on the um, original Xbox. Oh, America's Army. Yeah. Um, But it was a uh, first person shooter that basically was used as like a a, a recruitment tool. Um, And no more. I guess they've decided to. uh, It's not worth keeping up anymore. It reached 20 million players. 20 million players is over 20 years. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. Um, Free to play. Got it. Yep. So, uh, you know, they basically looked at how games like Call of Duty and things like that were getting people um, interested in, you know, military service, military duty, um, history, things like that. And they were like, well, why can't we create our own uh, Armaganda game that can get people into it? So they did. Um I never played it. I don't know anyone who played it. To I be honest heard, with you. I never heard of it. I didn't know it was still going. I, I, I definitely I, had heard of it, but I, I had, had no idea that it was still going. It was I guess it was well made if people were still playing it. Like it was it was a it was a well made game. I mean it looks like Call of Duty looking at the screenshots. You know. Okay. Uh, a two thousand and eight study from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology found that thirty percent of all Americans aged sixteen to twenty four had a more positive impression of the army because of the game, and even more amazingly, the game had more impact on recruits than all other forms of army advertising combined. That was back then. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of terrifying, to be honest with you. Hey, play this video game and join the real deal. We're gonna blur the lines. I mean, we do that with movies anyway. Yeah, but to use it as a direct oh, yeah, recruitment for, tool. I mean, I watch GI Joe. I, well, you're saying yeah, you click click for more information on how to sign up, I guess, or whatever. No. Yeah, it gets you young. I mean, God, we had, we had military people always at my high school. We did too to recruit. One followed me home one day, trying to get me to join, and then my dad cussed him out and told him to never. He fought like he followed you home, like like you, you got on the bus. With you, like, what, how do you follow you? Or you walked home? Yeah. Or, I, or you walked us I walked home, and, like, then he showed up at my door. I'm like, how do you know where I live? My dad was like, don't ever come here again. My son's not joining the Army. Hey, recruitment officer, I'm not saying Eden couldn't serve well in the Army, but, I mean, come on. There's, there's, there's anything about the Army, though. It has nothing to do with what they what, what your your, your well, physique looks like, especially in high school. I was they, saying about your physique. I wasn't going there. I was, I was just saying, like, like they, you they, know. They, they go for you're, the you're, fucking you're, weirdos and the loners. You were dropping acid every day. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they try to go for the weirdos and the well, loners. The other thing is that the Army is mostly non-combat. Like, the Army is, like, from people I talk to, it's like having, like, being in the Navy, like, it's just a job you have for a lot of you. Most people sure. are not on the front lines fighting with, with, uh, with M16s. So you can do whatever in the army. You can be a clerk. You can no, I'm recruiting, but that's the thing about the army. It's not like the Marines. When you're a Marine, you're more likely to fight, like because you're the front lines. Armies, you know. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, I used to learn all that from talking to the military people who'd shop at Luna. Navy is less combat right now, too. I mean, they have they always have a detachment, but you know the Navy's support role. Yeah. If it's if it's uh, you know in the, and obviously in the sea, 
But yeah, but you, know, you meet people in the Navy and they, they, and they talk like they're just working a shift. That's like, that's how it is. You know, oh, I I'm going go. in for my Navy yeah, shift. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I'm, I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that's how the Navy and Army is more than like the Marines. Sure. You know. So, so yeah, I'm just working a shift. <laughs> I'm just going to do my shift. I'm like, you mean like, you mean Navy? Like, yeah, I'm in the Navy. It's like, okay. Anyway. Um, okay, well, that's good. Can you bring back G.I. Joe in a cartoon, put the money in Army? No, because then it'd be like you couldn't have the wacky outfits. Ew, I don't want the yeah, I don't want the army doing anything. Okay, um, we we missed a Nintendo Direct. God, there was why a can't they do it on Monday? Nintendo on a Monday? Direct. There was a Nintendo Nintendo Direct. Um, and the joke was all the old people like us, all the old fogies. That, uh, it was for us that Nintendo Direct. Yeah. So um, there were some announcements. The bigger announcements it started off with uh, the uh, yep. a, a follow up to um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Three Hopes. Three Hopes is the follow up. Um, the Advance Wars One and Two Boot Camp. Uh, uh, oh, is remake. that a recruitment tool? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Nintendo can make war fun and cute. Mm-hmm. They can make tanks and blown up shit fun and adorable. And, um, and I played I played that on on the advance and maybe not maybe that legally and I like those games they're solid games they're good uh, turn based uh, strategy games yeah I'm looking forward to this re release pretty well it was supposed to come out last year got delayed until April look at those adorable tanks see see, see that's what uh, television should have done they should have copied the tanks from the, from there um, and I believe way forward excuse me is doing the um, advance wars remake. Weird one that I saw, oh. No Man's Sky coming to uh, the Switch. I'm I'm curious, Ian, because now now we're talking like what is it? Seven years after it came out, six years, like we yeah. totally different game. Oh, it is. I mean, I've, uh, I I played on the PC and I keep up with it. It's a drastically different game, and it's a fucking fantastic game at this point. Um, whether or not you want to, you know, forgive the past is up to you. But it is it is now the game that they wanted it to be, and then some. Not exclusive. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just I play it on the PlayStation. I play it on my PC. Uh, I I I kind of want a portable version of it, but I don't know if I'm gonna dive in. If there's crossplay, I might. Uh, uh, it's gonna obviously do, do. I think Gangbusters. I mean, it's a hundred million people have a Switch. Hundred million people. Yeah. That this this might be. I'm not saying for all it would be the first time. But to many people, I'm like, oh, look at this game. Okay. Well, it's the right time for it to come out because, like you said, it's it's actually a game now. This one, I'm. I'm 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 nervous about, but cautiously optimistic. Okay. Uh, oh. Mario Strikers uh, Battle League. Okay. Um, the Mario Strikers games, especially the GameCube one, was a lot of fun. I like the Mario Sports games. Looks a lot like the GameCube one. The Wii one felt a little different. I didn't love it as much. Um, so they announced the new Mario Strikers. It's going to uh, support eight players on one system. Wow, local. Yeah. Uh, something that, you know, the Amica said it was going to do, but they've never shown that. Um, yeah, eight players on one system. Uh, it's going to have online leagues, which I think is really fun. You can play with up to 20 other people in an online Create league. Create your own league with your friends. Be like, yep. That's pretty cool. I've done that in... Um, you got to make you got to make sure you're doing it with people who are actually going to show up and play their games. Oh, sure. But it's fun. I, I did it... I used to do that um, back when MLB The Show used to have that as an option, online leagues. Okay. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do. So I would do that. I'm nervous because I was... Uh, it was around this time last year that they did a direct. Um, and it was around this time last year that they announced Mario Golf Super Rush. Uh, 
for release in June, which is when this is uh, getting released. And June was when I was gravely disappointed with sorry, Mario I, Golf. You were so Super you were Rush. so stoked. I'm sorry, you were so stoked for that. So bummed about that game. Has there been any updates that have fixed any of this? Never. Stuff I've never gone back to it. Wow, you're just I'm done. So when Mario Strikers uh, Battle League comes out, maybe I'll see if I can get ten dollars in store credit for my Mario Super Rush Golf Golf Super Rush. You didn't like even anything from that. You didn't like even just going through the regular. There's just better golf. Uh, if I'm it, no, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. I'm sorry, Ian. Um, Splatoon 3 looks good. Uh, they uh, they showed a bunch of uh, update stuff for Salmon Run. Salmon Run is the uh, PVE mode in Splatoon. Uh, so it's it's non it's not competitive oh, okay. against actual what, humans. What's E? Player versus enemy? Yeah, player versus enemy. Okay. So it's, you know, you get your squad of up to four and you go against waves of these, what they call, I think, Salmonids, which are different um, robot fish creatures that's pretty cute uh it's vani likes to play that mode and it looks like a lot of fun she plays it in the original uh, splatoon 2 um and i'm actually pretty excited that's gonna be a bigger part of the third one it looks like it's gonna be a, a bigger part yeah uh, they're like adorable can... little sa- the crazy looking salmon it's like zombie salmon yeah they're fucking weird that's awesome chrono cross the radical dreamers edition um it's chrono cross i never played it I bought the original game because I bought every fucking Square RPG that came out on the PlayStation, lent it to a friend, and never got it back again. Uh, I know people were disappointed with it. They didn't like it as much as Chrono Trigger. Uh, I think as time has gone on, people have learned to look back on it a little bit more positively. Okay. Um, I, I don't recall playing that. I'm trying to remember if I played that one. I never did. Like I know a lot uh, of people who played it who never played Chrono Trigger fucking loved it. Okay, so maybe... It's- so, you know, I think it was one of those things where at the time it came out, it was a matter of expectations. Sure. They wanted it to be something that it wasn't. Watchmen movies grave. you never read the novel. That's the, basically the, something like that. All right. Next uh, Portal Companion Collection. I love the Portal games. It's the first two Portal games put together. Um, would really I love to see a part Portal. three. I've never played Portal. They're so fucking good. They, they, They're they, so They good. look ingenious. They're incredible. Uh, one of the few games that was, like, hyped to me for years and years before I finally played it, because I got to Portal really late, and when I played it, I was like, this is better than I was led to believe. Better. Okay. Better than I was led to believe. Um, the first Portal is maybe three hours from start to finish, two and a half hours. You can play it like a movie, and it's best to do it, and I would say play the first Portal in one or maybe two sessions. It's fantastic. The, the, this next one is like, this is a... Uh, a brilliant sort of shot in the arm. We're five years into the switch. It's, it doesn't seem like that long. We're five years into the, doesn't it seem like it seems like it was like two and a half, three years. Yeah. Nintendo switch sports, the most natural sort of game that you can have for this. Uh, cause, cause the, the original one that tried to do it, what the fuck was the one we forgot about one, two switch, whatever it was. Oh yeah. Um, this is the game that we want now, 15 years later, us old ass people that we're in our twenties playing, we want the motion sports games. Like th- it's been far enough that it's now retro. We bowling, you know what I mean? Like, for, like it's 15 years. Yeah. And so you get, you don't get all the sports. People were upset. You didn't see, have a baseball. There wasn't boxing. Uh, the boxing sucked. Boxing was the worst one because the nunchuck never worked. The boxing well. sucked. We baseball can, was fun though. Baseball, baseball was, was fun. fun. It just sometimes took a little bit longer than Base, it needed. Baseball to. was fun. But baseball was uh, fun. And I can see them maybe adding something. They're already planning to add stuff back. They're in. planning to add golf. You're going to get golf again, because golf was always pretty good. Golf was good. Um, but you're going to get bowling, which is obviously the big one. Yes. You get bowling, you get tennis. Those are always the two big those ones. Those are the two big ones. And then uh, you get the, can, I, I can't remember what they, it's not. The sword game thing looks fun. Which is from Sports Resort. 
Okay, which Sony had their version on their uh, Go thing. Uh, badminton is from Sports Resort. You're gonna so s- it's it's two games from the first Wii Sports. It's bowling and tennis. It's two games from Resort. Okay. It's uh, the sword game and badminton. And then it's uh, two new games, the soccer and the um, volleyball. You get a soccer game where you can put it on. You can put the, ri- the strap on your on your leg to kick. Okay, I'm gonna pass on that. I'll say I don't want people gonna be hitting their toes on on their on their coffee table. Uh, badminton looks fun. It, it probably it looks works somewhat like tennis, but you can do overhead, obviously. So that's cool. They demoed it live, which was cute. Um, they demoed the volleyball live. The volleyball yeah. live. That's right. It's volleyball. That's right. They demoed the volleyball, so you put your hands up and you can spike. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then um, Chambara, that's the sword That's thing. the swords, yeah. Never heard that name in my life. And then, like you said, you're going to get golf. Golf is being added later, and I can't remember what else they said. Uh, uh, something from Wii Sports Resort. This is what I buy like three Switch games a year. Uh, this is one of the ones I will buy. This looks fun. Yeah, I'll buy this uh, almost um, entirely just the bowl on uh, online with friends. I mean, will this be like Clubhouse Games, which, or it's only forty bucks instead of sixty? I would probably do that because if you if you price it'll it, be sixty, but if you price it like at forty, you'll sell you'll sell twenty million of these. I think you'll the, you'll get so many of the Switch people that will probably buy these. Like this will be a huge. I, I think what's going to happen uh, is I wouldn't be surprised to see possibly a. Um, Especially once the update comes, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bundle uh, this Christmas with the Switch and Switch Sports. And just just throw it in to keep the lifespan going? Yeah. I I think it'd be a good way to move Uh, move more units. Online play test is February 18th to 20th. This This weekend. weekend. Wow. So I I might try to check it out. That's pretty cool to do that. But how does it work? If bowling is one of the games, I'll check it out. But I think this this will be the new part of the game for the next 10 years. Like if you have a Switch, which a lot of people have. Hey, and at this point, everyone has like four Joy Cons anyway, so you don't even pass it around. You can probably, just, but if you have to pass it around, who cares? It'll you know, be interesting fun. to see if people pick it back up again and love it as much as they did the first time. Well, it'll probably be a little more accurate, you know, all these years later and more a little smoothed out and ah, in HD. And then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. This made me squeal. Probably. So happy. Because we're saying, oh, we're going to do a Smash Brothers version of Mario Kart as the next one. Which is fine, and I think they're going to, because they're already headed in that direction. You already got plenty of non-Mario characters in Mario Kart. Um, I don't, but this is, this is going to keep them going. This is what I, this is why I think they're doing this. Uh, We're probably at the mid to the two-thirds point on the Switch. Maybe, yeah. Um, But, so, I think... They got into a weird... There's always been one Mario Kart per system. They got into a weird situation with the Wii U because no one bought the fucking Wii U. And the game was good. It's and a, it was a great game, so there was, a perfectly good, yeah. there was a perfectly good Mario Kart that could be released on the Switch, so they deluxed it. The same, the same way that Breath of the Wild was supposed to be a Wii U release. I think if they were going to do a Mario Kart yeah. 9, they would have needed to have done it a year ago. Or, or even two years ago. Um, because now if they release a Mario Kart 9 on the Switch... It's close enough to the end of that lifespan where they're going to be tempted, I think, to do a deluxe version. I, I think they want to kind of give themselves a soft reset. They want Mario Kart 9 to be on the next system. Sure. So, and that's great by me because when Nintendo, Mario Kart has been around for eight iterations now. Nintendo has refined Mario Kart down to what they want it to play like. We have been seeing Mario Kart heading in this direction little by little, more and more refined over the generations. And they finally kind of got it where they want. 
they've got 48 fucking tracks in this game with all the DLC. Right now, 48. Was 16 original 32 add-ons? I bu- no, it was uh, 32 original and uh, 16 add-ons, I okay. think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... Uh, sorry. To justify a 9, they would have to make... They would have to put some huge fucking gimmick in it. To justify it. Because what 9 would be on the Switch, it, was, it would either be... A dramatic change with a gimmick to justify the new release. Otherwise, you're going to be playing Mario Kart 8 with less courses. That's what 9's going to be. Yeah. So I by, never by default. Yeah, yeah, I never felt like a nine made sense, and people have been clamoring for it. I know the people who are super hardcore into it. Well, everyone plays these same cars and stuff like that, and there is kind of a meta, you know, game to it. But this is the better idea. What they announced is 48. 48. So they're going to double. Double, the, Double am- the, amount. the amount of courses in Mario Kart 8, a game that does not have any shortage of fucking courses to begin with, by um, upgrading and basically remaking 48 courses from Mario Kart's past. So this is your ultimate version. This, this is, to me is just about as ultimate as it can get. And and, and I, I hate the fact that everything is pivoting to a games as a service, but let me make an argument for it. Something like Mario Kart 8 that has been around for as long as it has, and they know how they want to play it. They don't need to do fast reiterations to fix problems. Something like Super Smash Brothers mm-hmm. that has also been iterated. Release a Mario Kart at the beginning and a Smash Brothers at the beginning of every system lifespan and just release oh. shit for it. Plus, it's only twenty five bucks, so it's not like they're asking for right. sixty. But twenty five bucks, I think, is reasonable for forty eight tracks. So it's That's just like, more than fifty cents a track. It's 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 insanely it's an insanely good price. Forty eight well produced tracks, you know, that are going to be fun. And like when you go to multiplayer, like you'll never run out of tracks to play. If you go like random or whatever, it's like that's nuts. Like that's nuts. Yeah, I already sit there with my friends and play and go, man, I haven't seen this track in a long time because. You know, the online mode does tend to shove the more popular tracks to the front, the ones that are voted for more. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, you'll but, see a track that got lost in the shuffle, and you're like, I haven't fucking played this in, like, days. So with another uh, 48, that's crazy. Um, tracks from uh, all the previous ones, they all, so they, did, they didn't say new tracks, so I would not count on new tracks. However, they did say that some tracks are coming from um, the uh, iPhone game. So okay. to me, those are going to be more or less new tracks. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, and then obviously from, you know, Double Dash 64, Wii. Sure. Game Boy. Um, but the ones that they do from the Switch, or I'm sorry, the ones they do from the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy Advance are going to feel like new tracks anyways, uh, because you're going from the 2D into a 3D space. But So a lot of it's going to feel fresh. But hear me out. Why couldn't Nintendo, because you're talking about doing new tracks, it's the same game engine. Same mechanics. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. What if they just did this every th- every three years and just said, "Here's 48 new tracks with 25 bucks." That's what I'm saying. Games as service. That's but literally with, what I'm talking about. I mean, without actually shifting to Mario Kart Nine, we're, we're just going to get you to buy the same. That's either. that's what I'm saying. At the start of every yeah. console generation, re- at the car- start yeah. of every Nintendo console generation, release a Mario Kart and a Smash, and then just update it every few years. Yes, B- because like here's the thing. I'm in love how smooth and how perfected the game mechanics are, how, how the slide, the you know what I mean, the friction slide, whatever you call it, and the different how how you really can customize your racer to how you want to race different like 
I can't picture them adding that much more to that. Like, well, there's so much there already. There's where but, an argument does pop up. People have found the ideal builds. So, like, if you okay. play online, you're going to see a lot of people using, like, the baby buggy and the fucking tiny wheels. Well, then nerf it. Change up some stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- d- yeah exactly. Do what Even fighting out. games yes. and Smash does. Yes. Uh, uh, change the stats. Yes. Or add, yeah, add more pieces and do some nerfing Nerf. and and just change up the feel of it. it. You don't need a whole new game to do that. Because they did that with the Smash characters. They did change. They did alter some. Oh, there's all sorts yeah. of yeah. There's all sorts yeah. of balance. Nerf upgrades. it. Make it make it a little more even then, because you don't want people gaming the system or you don't want to see all people using the same carts and wheels. That gets dumb. Um, but I don't want them to do like I hate the game. I'll never play the GameCube version again. The Double Dash. I don't want to see the, the a, a gimmick like that in a future potential game. We are we are at perfection right now. Yeah, I I will gladly pay for updated tracks or updated features you add in, like maybe a different mode. They they do like a different mode. You do not need to start from scratch ever again on Mario Kart. No, ever. It's ridiculous. We're good. We're good. I mean, I just um, the statement is ridiculous to me. It's like I want to stay with Mario Kart Eight. No, we want Mario Kart Nine. The fact that we're at Eight and Nine is like it's, <laughs> no, we're you're good. not going to get anything different. I mean, the graphics aren't going to get that much better. Like you don't need better graphics than what we have. They're, they're cartoony graphics. They're they look great. It looks like a CG, you know, Pixar movie. They're, I mean, they're, hell, they're doing a freaking Mario movie. It's going to look probably somewhat similar. So we're good. Yeah, very happy to see that. Uh, then you got Xenoblade on here. Uh, looks like yeah. Don't care. A lot of people like that series. No, <laughs> okay. it, it's a good series, but it's like with every one that comes out, I just feel like I'm further and further from ever starting it. But people say they're really good. I my my friend John swears, co-host of uh, Extra Napkins swears that Xenoblade Chronicles is the greatest RPG he's ever played, okay. and he doesn't like anime and shit like that. He doesn't watch any of that. He doesn't do any of that. He fucking some, loves that game. Some RPGs speak to people. Yeah, a certain he, way. that's There's like just, his game. He loves I, it. I, I love Chrono Trigger. I wish I should, I should go back to it and, and, and you know, play it from the start again. I, I probably couldn't tell you anything about it. And then uh, for Switch Online, you got uh, what they call Earthbound, Earthbound Beginnings, Mother 1 and 2. Yeah, Switch Mother on. 1 and Mother 2. Uh, it was... I. I Feel bad for the people who were hoping for Mother 3 to get announced there, but they don't have an official GBA emulator that they're using yet on there. Um, so I wouldn't have expected it. They also don't have their own translation of it. I think people people just assume that Nintendo's going to reach out and be like, yes, sir, Mr. Translator, man, we're going to pay you the money for this translation and use it. And that's just not... I don't you see that know. being something Nintendo would ever, ever do. Because it might be acknowledging the, like the piracy part of it, maybe? No, it might just um, be acknowledging that you know there's yeah. a market. I don't know. Nintendo's fucking weird sometimes. Well, you had to acknowledge that it was used for people who are playing on an emulator. You know what I mean? Like that's They don't probably want to do that, but they could. Never seen. I mean, they don't have to mention any of that stuff. Well, no, but it's your, it's a backwards acknowledgement if you hired the person that did it. But I see what you're saying. But I've, I, don't, I think it'll eventually happen. I'm kind of flabbergasted they wouldn't have a GBA emulator. There's just, but like, like I said, the handhelds are sort of like they don't have one on the Switch. The handhelds are sort of like the lost consoles for Nintendo. Like once once they're gone, it's like they're they're out of, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. You know? Yeah. Like we we ever see like a game, like Game Boy games in the Switch? Probably not. Like, what's the point? Probably not, no. Like a Game Boy sort of channel on Switch Online. It'd be cool. He, he wouldn't go nuts. He would go nuts. But you probably won't see it. So, well, yeah, well, that was good. That was a good, uh, good long-ass intro. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Whatnot, the go-to app for live stream buying and selling of collectibles. You can find your favorite retro games and connect with friends and your favorite game stores on the app. There's no bots to compete with. We don't like bots. There's no sniping. Ooh, sniping. You can see each auction. 
and the seller. They're live on video. They explain the item they have, and you can bid. It's simple and fun. It's free to join. Go to whatnot.com slash invite slash country code to get $10 off your purchase. Use the link or find it in the App Store and Google Play. Make a profile, add a credit card, and you can be bidding on a live auction in under a minute. And they just announced a special event. Josh of SideQuest Games, we know Josh, he's bringing a licensed NES set to Whatnot Auctions. You, you got Steam events there, you got Little Samson, you got Bonk's Adventure, you got you got all the, all the favorites, all the heavy hitters there. It's kicking off February 19th and running through March. It's a multi-day event with the NES library being auctioned off A to Z. The best part, the bidding on each cartridge starts at $1. Wow, was that? After you sign up, you go to the app, click on the Retro Games category, and follow SideQuest Games to be notified of those auctions. But, Ian, there's other ones coming up. Yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff coming up. On February 15th, Phoenix Resale will be auctioning a complete box Chip and Dale, Paladin's Quest, Super Empire Strikes Back, and a ton more sealed games. Also on the 15th, that's today, uh, Jay Zombie has this GameCube special show. February 17th, The Bearded Bard will offer up a super rare Xbox Alpha 2 dev kit. February 18th, Chitty Bang, complete in box Dreamcast and accessories. And also on the 18th, Retro Rick is auctioning off an entire storage unit. A whole storage unit full of games. Wow. On the 19th, Cheap Finds Gold Mines, Jungle Green N64 bundle with Conker's Bad Fur Day a Sega Master System, and hundreds of more games. And on the 19th, Happy Husky Games will be doing a special Nintendo sale with over 150 items, major consoles, and free giveaways. Go sign up and get yourself some retro games. Head to whatnot.com slash invite slash contra code to get $10 off your purchase for any new user on the app. Whatnot. Buy, sell, and go live. Update. A lot's been happening in the past week in Amico land. Uh, we'll just call it the fallout, the beginning of the fallout, because a lot's going to happen with this uh, after uh, change. Well, well, CEO changed uh, sometime last year, but after the, it became uh, publicly acknowledged of a change of, of a CEO at in television, as well as uh, uh, pouring through an SEC filing uh, on, on the heels of the fourth crowdfunding campaign at Star Engine. There's been a lot of stuff happening the past week in terms of uh, the Amico. A lot of people coming out and sp- uh, speaking about the, the project or, I guess, the death of the project. Larger YouTubers that were kind of silent beforehand. Um, and investors are asking tougher questions. Uh, Nick Richards, the CFO, is commenting. There's a, there's a lot to go through. This is the, 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 this is the trade cutoff. Uh, you have to pick your side now. Uh, as a matter of fact, if uh, you've, depending on the side you've picked, <laughs> I'm not giving you any... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not giving you any leeway, but uh, history yeah. repeats itself. Yeah, this happened with the chameleon. Yep, where you know Ian, Ian and I were critical of it, and not many other people were. You go back there; wasn't a lot of people critical of the retro VGS, and then the chameleon, larger YouTubers. I remember being critical um, of the, the 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 retro VGS, and I remember someone giving a shit for it. And I remember that person coming up to me and apologizing at a uh, convention. Mm-hmm. And then that person attacked uh, us for this. And then for, that person attacked me again uh, because of the Amico. Uh, and they were the, yeah, whatever. History repeats itself. This is one of the reasons why it's, it's like, I don't want to, I'm not saying we're the most important people talking about this stuff. But if we weren't critical of this, no one was early on at all. Uh, people are giving uh, interviews to Tommy all over the place. Uh, basically, several hour infomercials. A certain tech reviewer with almost no pushback at all. 
Uh, just, yeah, just, none. None. So if it wasn't pre-ordered leading the way in some form, I always look back, what would have happened? Would more people have gotten taken under this, more influence involved? More, I don't think so. More, more people, you never know, More, but more people investing money into what's a failed venture. Um, so we're at the point now where now this is becoming, it was bigger news after E3, but now that is falling apart more. You're going to have other people talking about it, which is fine. This is the but, juicy part of it. This is where everyone's going to get in on the action. But I don't want to see any YouTubers trying to come in both sides of this shit and be like, well, you have the cultists, but also the people that are, you know, over the top. It's like you err on the side of caution when it comes to, to these ventures. And this is the reason why. If you're going to say, well, you're a little, you guys are a little bit too much energy, because we don't want people to lose money and get scammed. Yeah, like that's what it comes down to. So I'm sorry. This goes back to the same thing, Chameleon, where I got attacked for being too critical when that fell apart in Ian 2. I'd rather be the guy that's a little bit louder when he shouldn't be versus saying absolutely nothing for years. Saying some of the unpopular, you know, not quite as feel good things like doesn't need to be a huge hug box every time someone wants to make a, a new console. No one does. Everyone does have to be friends with everyone. You're allowed to be impolite to people in society. If you, you're allowed to call people out on their bullshit. And I'm sort of sick and tired because you see the same people sometimes that sit on the sidelines until, wow, the wind's blowing the other way, Ian. Well, I got to get in on it now uh, because if I don't now, like, stick your neck out a little bit. I'm not saying you got to go all the way all the time. But if something is obviously looking bad, feel free to stick, stick your neck out just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. It won't get cut off. It's weird. But that's my the first thing I'm going to talk about there, or, or did talk about. Um, we always we forgot to mention this going down the list of stuff here. Uh, the 2021 earnings, we don't know what they look like yet entirely. No, we don't. The SEC filing doesn't include that, and they did say they're, they're going to update those soon. So when they talked about the SEC filing, the earnings were shown for 20, and obviously the, their current status is, in, is including what happened in 2021. We just don't know the exact numbers. We don't know what's, what's happening right. with that. Uh, we don't know. So um, Phil Al- Adam went on another uh, – following in Tommy's footsteps doing all these uh, little two-hour back-slapping meetups. I don't know at this point what to call. Uh, he mentioned a weekly vacation for his birthday. Um, circle jerks. Uh, circle jerks. He mentioned going on a vacation for his birthday for a week. And people are allowed to go on vacation. That, they absolutely are. Uh, I, don't, I don't take him nearly enough. Um, but it's, the, it's, the, it's how it looks – because this happened with Tommy a couple times where after a major disaster happened with like the E3 event last year, you know, you get up and you leave town. Um, and it just doesn't look good on the server, especially when you have people hanging on, waiting for the pre-orders to come in or investors. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, do you have any thoughts on that or not really? It's just sort of like it's just the timing is a little weird. Why even mention that? No, it's just it's uh, we- yeah, it's weird timing. You could have just kept that to yourself. You're you're talking. Because that was something Phil Adams said when he was talking to some of the people who tend to do all of the like the YouTubers who do all the PR for the 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 Amico. Um, these are the people that like you. These are the people who who are holding on. Like these these are your your faithful. You don't need to tell them stuff like that that makes you look bad. I just I don't see it as a winning strategy if you're trying to keep people in pl- in place. Sure, go take that vacation, but don't be like we're in financial ruin. I'm taking a week vacation. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, speaking of the, of the cultists, so there was there was there was infighting um, amongst the we'll say the inner amico 
YouTuber party, you want to call it that? Sure. This group of like, can call it that. Group of like eight to ten people that ha- are dying on this hill or dying on the hill. They're already in the ground at this point, including investors, at least two investors we know of uh, that were involved in pushing this. Uh, you know, one guy, and then we have a shirtless shill is the other one uh, that have done this. Um, so apparently, some of these people went through the SEC document before it went live. This is according to one of the, one of the cultists went through the document with Tommy. They all got on a two hour call and went through this document before it went live. Two hours to explain it to them. In case, I guess, there was the pushback that was coming. Well, they knew there was um, going to be pushback, so it was, here. here's the company talking point. So they strategized, which I think has happened a lot along the way. They had their private little meetups to say, okay, Pat, you're going to talk about this. We've we all have to kind of that. known that that. Yeah, and we know that because a lot of this time we would talk about something, and then that night there'd be like 17 videos. Or or they would announce something, yeah. and yeah, and then a video would be out immediately. Like, they coordinated. Oh, yeah. They had like a week to make these videos. They coordinated. It, 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 was, it was access media. Yes. It was access media. It was. It was, it was yes. I mean, it was it was it was uh, pathetic access media, but it was access media. So when you hear that, um, you, you really see how much of a circus it is, and how much we always say. I always said this is an amateur company. I mean, for the amount of money that they've taken from people, it's not. But for how it's operated, it is. Like, why would you? Like, what do you think? How do you think YouTubers that have the reach of say getting three hundred people watching their videos or five hundred? How does that go against the tide of all uh, the bad information in a document like that? That's common sense once you read it. Like, how do you think that even matters? Or is it just to make yourself feel better? Right. Yeah, it's just to make yourself feel better. That aside, um, the other big thing, not even big thing, but, you know, I I had like a a snaky uh, Twitter direct message, uh, you know. A snaky Twitter direct message? from, from a snake. Uh, saying that, oh, like big news about, you know, Phil Adam was uh, involved at some point with the Coleco Chameleon Venture with Mike Kennedy. And I knew about that. Yes, we did know Um, that. But we don't know for how long. We don't know for how long. We don't know the extent. So for me, it's it's interesting, but not like the big fucking nuclear bombshell everyone purported to be. It's like the shirtless shill thought that, oh, that's that's the last straw for me was that. Like that should not have been the last straw. That should have been like that's – that's a cherry on top of this fucking shit Sunday. Like that's not a last straw. Because again, we don't even know what what Phil did with Mike Kennedy. We know maybe Phil saw it and got out. It does it does lead a track record. More importantly, of getting involved in bad project ventures. That's that's the biggest thing to me. Phil might have thought the the retro VGS slash chameleon was going to be a viable project. At some point, so I can't fault them for that. Viable in terms of it actually being produced, it still would have been a bit been, been a disaster. But actually, looking at the specs of the project, it had at least a chance of reaching some market versus the Amico, a cartridge-based right. system of older games. You know, basically the Evercades filled in that gap, right? You know, in, in some way. So that's not not the the big like oh this is the big bombshell thing. It's an interesting footnote. What's more interesting is the pathway of destruction of having a. Uh, you know, a narcissistic CEO going after all his critics and, and having secret little cultist meetups uh, to direct their marketing campaigns and helping them write their marketing. And like, that's the red flags. Yeah, that's the red flags. Not having a firmware engineer hired uh, five months before your release date. That's a red flag. So don't pretend this is a big deal if you ignored all the other shit that we were talking about for years. You can't do that. You can't do that. 
Um, also interesting is the uh, comment section over at Start Engine has um, none of the previous like comment sections ever really seemed to get people who were asking questions or anything like that. Um, not really the Fig Republic one. Uh, we still don't know if anything happened with Fundable. Still don't know that. Still don't know what the heck was going on with Fundable. Um, but this uh, comment section has been pretty active with um, a lot of potential investors asking good, thorough questions. More educated investors. And then watching, um, you know, Nick Richards come in and try to, uh, you know, smooth talk his way through it. Uh, one thing we've learned uh, that I would like to point out that I, I and it's funny. It's funny because it goes back to what we suggested that maybe they should have done the first time around. Uh, there, we are catching wind of their uh, these Amico games may be released on other platforms and maybe maybe retrofitted uh, for DLC and uh, free to play mechanics for mobile. For mobile, when this wow. started, look, when look we were circularity. nice, yeah. when we were nice. My big suggestion was that maybe we publish these games first. Maybe we do a whole pack of like, you know, the Cloudy Mountain, the Night Stalker, etc. Mm-hmm. Or, or you just release those under an Intellivision publishing label. Or you release a pack of games like Atari does. You know, get some publishing experience under your belt before you go and try oh. and make a system. And they were like, no. They said... It was told to us multiple times that these games required the Amico and could not play without the Amico controller. The Amico controller was so revolutionary that all of the games, none of the games on the Amico could be played with a regular D-pad and buttons controller. Even though you could download the app to use your, to use your phone as a controller. Nor that. Even though the first two demos they released, one was on the PC and one was on yeah. your phone, and they both work just fine with keys and yeah, move, move patrol and breakout on breakout. your computer, and move patrol on the on the app was fine. Yep. Um, this is this this is the quote from Nick uh, responding to someone uh, talking about uh, the SAM, which I learned was uh, what was that serviceable area market, serviceable available market, like, available. What's, so what's what's your potential pool? Of customers, what's your customer pool? What's the number? Are they still saying three billion? Because uh, they they did put that on the the campaign. Yeah, yeah. They think that everyone that owns a smart person in the world, a smartphone, smart. Yeah. So I say smart person. Yeah, you said everyone yeah. owns a smart person. Everyone, everyone owns a smartphone in the world, <laughs> whether in, in in Chicago, Bangladesh, Japan, South Africa, the Congo. Everyone is apparently someone who buys mobile games, right? right. No, that's not true. That's not. That's not. They're true. also including uh, places like India in that, where like people don't that they, they don't have TVs, they have phones. Sure, like uh, it's insane. Yeah, so they're not taking that into account. None of it. Um, so this is what Nick said in response to this. It hasn't been widely discussed, as it is not as a focus on launch on what what is your focus. But we do plan to develop games for mobile, both as a revenue stream and to provide broader exposure for our Miko platform. These games will not have the same restrictions. That we impose on the Amico platform, meaning you selling by DLC. Right. Given the types of games we plan to develop, both internally and in partnership with third parties, we calculated an addressable market of approximately nineteen billion for the mobile segment. How many billion? Nineteen billion. That's a B of dollars that they can get out of people. I guess they're saying, well, if there's three billion people, they all spend like six to seven dollars each. Here's the thing about mobile that Tommy on his rants on a, a, a Atari H, another 
red flag if you want to be an investor. He always said that, well, look how much money the mobile market has. Not failing to address that uh, most people don't spend a dime on mobile right, games. Right, it's whales. It's the people that get in and spend hundreds of dollars uh, on, on in-app purchases, which you've cut out of your fucking uh, that, ecosystem. That brings the average up. But the, if you look at the, the median or the mode, if you know stats, most people spend next to nothing on mobile games every year. Yes. They'll, they'll play whatever's free. That's your market. People that don't want to spend money on games, that's your 3 billion people. Yeah. It's insane. Exactly. Um People who already have the what I, what I was trying to say with like the, uh, the the you know in places where TVs aren't as prevalent or there's tons of people, they play games on these things because it's what they already have. Yes, it doesn't require any thought. They don't have to go buy a TV. They don't have to go buy a system. They don't yes. have to go buy anything. A phone is. I mean, it's getting to this point. I don't feel bad saying it because you're getting to the point where smartphones they give them away for free when you get off of like the you train. Can, like anyone you can buy can a get bur- one. You can buy a burner smartphone for fifteen. A houseless bucks. person can get a phone. Yes. Like it's it's important to have a phone everyone has a phone with a screen yes there is no further investment that's why the these people play these games not because they've no one's gonna make that leap from i play this game on my phone that i already have to i'm gonna buy a 250 dollars system that plays this shit companies probably take a, a tech loss a lot of times because they want to get you on the on the subscription plan right so it's a loss leader getting these pieces of technology that are that are cheaper, but everyone has them. Um, there's a lot of questions on here. Someone uh, pointed out uh, sort of the false statements here. Let me see if I can find it about the $500 consoles. Uh, here, did you see that one? Oh, I don't have that statement stated, but basically, someone was pointing out that you know, in their advertising, Found they it. say uh, you know many game consoles are upwards of $500. No game console is more than $500 right now, and the Switch and the Xbox and even the PlayStation Five all have versions under five. Uh, Kelly says this. You may want to correct these two pieces of false information in your marketing above. One, under patents, you make it seem like this has been granted, but your SEC disclosure reveals it is only pending. Probably for the horror, but also their bullshit karma engine. Yes. Please make this clear unless it has been fully granted since the disclosure. Again, trying to be sneaky. Uh, number two, you state most of most most of today's gaming systems cost upwards <laughs> of five hundred dollars. They do. However, not. none of them do. A quick check reveals the Switch costs two ninety nine, Xbox Series S two ninety nine, PS five digital three ninety nine, Xbox Series X four ninety nine, and PlayStation five four ninety nine. These last two include full Blu ray players in them. It would be highly misleading to add in costs of extra peripherals or controllers, as those are not a system cost. Which is correct, Kelly. Yes, you are correct. They are optional, and these systems support very inexpensive third-party controllers. Anyway, any false statements cast out on everything else. So it would be in your best interest to be accurate and amend your text accordingly. Thank you, Kelly. And Nick tried to wriggle his way around that, which is bullshit. Oh, did he? I didn't see his response yeah, to that. The other, day, that. the other day, he didn't have a response yet. Uh, hello, Kelly. Yes, it is correct that we have not yet received final approval of our patent submission i will talk to start engine about changes to make that clear sorry for the confusion and thank you for pointing out yeah you you're not think sorry that was, at all. that was the point uh we are trying to compare apples to apples so when our core bundle includes two controllers in six games it isn't necessarily an apples to apples comparison against a system with one controller and no games 
Since we don't have a similar scaled-down bundle, we tend to try and draw a fair comparison. So with the cost of a new Xbox and PS5 at $499 plus an extra controller at $55 to $70, and just say one game at $60, even though you can buy a ton of games on the digital marketplace, you know, like $4, $5, he doesn't bring that up, to make it equal to the value of the games on Amico, you're looking at six, 614 to 625 of course, he ignores the Switch. Of course, he ignores the digital, you know, PS5 that's only $400. That's been, like, one Slimy. of their, their calling cards, though. Like, when called out on a bunch of questions, they answer a couple with halfway answers and then just don't ever announce, answer the questions that make them look bad or acknowledge, you know, that there's competition. David with a great uh, one here underneath, if you see it. At the end of the day, it's, I think it's all about when the Amico can be released. Yeah, because that's when you make money. David, David knows this. A firm date and an achievable plan how you guys are going to get there will be something that might entice me to invest. I think people really want to know exactly where manufacturing is at. Do you have a manufacturer? How much money will it take to get 10,000 units produced? How quickly can they be produced once the money is uh, is paid? Brilliant questions. Once the Amiga is out there, even if the games and OS are not as polished as one would hope, it means revenue is trickling in. And even if more funds are then required to move things to the next level, there would at least be a much greater level of confidence than what we all currently have. That's a smart investor. This isn't enough. I want the complete story before right. David puts his money in. Uh, you know, brilliant. And there's more. So these investors are putting feet to the fire. Nick's scrambling in here. And you know why he's scrambling, Ian? Where has the investments been in the past week? How much more have they got in the past weekend? They have made 10,000 more whole dollars in the past week. 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 Uh, I don't remember <laughs> the exact... Um, I don't remember the exact number, but I do clearly remember oh. checking during the segment last week, and it was forty-eight thousand something. Uh, it was they had been at fifty-three, uh, but it dropped back down to forty-eight because someone pulled out uh, an, a uh, an investment, um, and now they're at fifty-eight. So they've raised a whopping ten thousand dollars in seven days. This is dead as a doornail. I, but anyone that's investing the money, you feel bad for because they're not getting it back. Right. Uh, the minimum they needed to raise, I think it was like a minimum of 10000 This is like a flex thing. If they raised a minimum of 10000 they would get that. They get it all. Up that's to a maximum of $5 million is them meeting their uh, goal. But they are never, ever, ever meeting their goal. No. Uh, the money's gone. Um, Holly and her dogs, their money's gone on Republic. Uh, Nick answered Holly. Uh, um, I don't know if his response because we brought up Holly, but he answered her. She was she was there forever without an answer. She says, uh, Nick, the CFO said, hi, Holly. We continue to push forward and we'll be announcing later this month when the initial units will start uh, shipping. So poor Holly there. Um, yeah, so lots of good questions on there. Um, oh, I, I forgot to say this could have been a red flag uh, as well. You have to talk. This is the I'm going to bring it up again. If you're in the games with with blood and violence and sexual content and and kids in sexual compromising positions and rape uh, on the Nintendo, if, if 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 that's what you want, then buy a Switch. That that's that's a CEO statement that instills confidence in me as an investor who wants to put money in. That that's not a red flag. It, it, it took a guy formerly being connected with uh, the Click community. That was fine though. That was all fine. That was that was fine. Okay, okay. Uh, the Reddit brought up something. We're gonna, I guess, the last portion of this, unless you want to talk about something else, is um, some of the other comments on Start Engine. They have been identified. Some of the identities of some of these people. You know, did you see that on the Reddit? Yes, field? I did see that. Um, so I, I don't, 
I have made it this far without ever mentioning any of them by name, and I'm going to continue to not mention them by name because that's not my focus. But I did see on the Reddit that many... You don't want to say their YouTube name or their real or their first I'm name? just not going to bring them up. We never have, and I'm not going to. I'll say their comments, though. Can I say their comments? Sure, you can do that. Okay. So it's not, it's not bad enough that um, these cultists and some investors have been blind to all these issues the past few years. That wasn't enough. And a lot of their faces got put in this... Uh, an uh, influencer video that's two years old that's now been making the rounds. Yeah, that two-year-old influencer video got a fresh set of eyes on it. And um, some people have noticed that they're in there and their uh, words were taken out of context. Out of context, for instance, um, Shane of Rerez uh, was taken out of context, you know, saying, uh, and of course, Tommy took this because Tommy's an egotistical maniac. Uh, Shane was echoing a sentiment that I think a lot of people had around the early time, that, that early time, and it was, well, if someone can do it, it's probably Tommy. And I don't know where we all got that idea. We let, I didn't get we, that idea anywhere. We yeah. let people... We let people get reputations that they don't deserve. Um, but a lot of people kind of felt like, well, if anyone was going to do it, it would be Tommy. We, you know, wished him well. Um, so, you know, they used this, the line of him being like, if anyone can do it, it's Tommy. But didn't include the exact, the direct next sentence, which was, but I don't think this is going to succeed. This is going to have a really, like, difficult uphill battle. Um, even the stuff that they pulled from, like... Uh, uh, Metal Jesus Rocks was taken out of context in a segment that had, um, you know, some disparaging stuff to say. Uh, sure. The positive comment that was taken from uh, him was followed up with a line about how he didn't like the controller and he thinks the controller is going to be a tough sell. So, I mean, even back then, they are really like bits and pieces, parceling out what they can get that's good and misrepresenting what people's opinions are of it. So, there is at least one, two, three, four uh, investors slash uh, cultists that commented on this newest crowdfunding campaign on Start Engine, trying to drag others down with them. This is where it's over, yeah. over the line, beyond over the line, because now you're actually tr trying to take people's money. You're and trying you to pay people's money. Like, you have no shame, obviously. Just, just you should be humbled at this point and just go down with the ship quietly but the fact that you're now potentially trying to influence people to lose their money on this shit is nuts yeah it's, it's, nuts. it's, it's denial there's no way um, you're going to talk enough people into this that you're going to get the five million and this is going to be a success and you're ever going to see your money back why are you trying to convince people into throwing money away just because you were stupid enough to do so uh, shirtless shill left the comment to try to get other people to invest money uh on here like it looks like 24 hours before having the change of heart yeah yeah, because the, all the red flags were enough. Uh, another uh, investor who has, according to this uh, image, over 300 videos tagged with Amico. Um, 300? Trying to get people to invest. I personally played this gaming console multiple times at events and met a few of the great people at this company. This is a fun, innovative machine that will be enjoyed by families everywhere. I really love the multiplayer co-op slash team building aspect of this. It offers great team building. It offers great trivia and party games as well as catering to the old school nostalgia. Have we seen a retro one, gaming crowd? One trivia game? One? Uh, a slam a Any? slam dunk. Can't lose. Very excited to play again and share with everyone I know. This is going to be big. You ain't getting your money back. It's gone. Your, invest Long gone. your investment's gone, and so is all your wasted time and effort. Enjoy your physical products on your shelf. Maybe and next time, listen to people when they have like 
concerns instead yeah. of just using it as a way to be reactionary and anti someone else. I would say so many people got into this fucking system, by the way, because uh, they don't like us. Yeah, it became the anti patenting system. Oh, that yeah. was oh, that was a stupid idea backing a system because we yeah. don't like two dudes. Fuck you. Yeah, that idiots. really worked out. Your your reps. If you oh, I'm going to show them. Yeah, you really showed us. Really showed us that you're going to prove us wrong. It worked out. I wonder if any uh, authors have any thoughts about oh, this. Oh, that, just the, curious. The, the, the authors are being really quiet right well, now when it comes to this stuff. I wonder if there's any uh, authors how, with something How about to another passive-aggressive video at us, asshole? You can do that at some point. <laughs> um, no, the balls to even say our names. Um, and then uh, there was another uh, person here that helped set up one of the events they're talking about. As someone who has spent time covering the Amico and getting to know many of the executives at the company, I can tell you that I've never been so excited for a gaming product. Not only have I been covering the project, but I have a Founders Edition pre-ordered. As a married father of three, I believe this is a gaming system that will bring my family and I back together in the living room to enjoy fun, simple games again. Nothing will be better than coming from coming home from a long day's work and sitting down with my three girls to play a quick game of Shark Shark together. Just a little bit of advice. Um so that people who don't like us don't make this embarrassing uh, decision again. Uh, your enemy's enemies aren't your friend, dumbass. And somehow putting in money into a failed venture to prove us wrong on top of it, that's just like, you're not just digging your own grave. You are, you are plummeting into the molten core of the earth. Look at us sitting here so owned. We're so old. And I'm not even running victory laps yet, really. No. Victory laps can come later. I wasn't um, planning on it. I just, uh, that, I'm sorry, that was building up in me. <clears throat> yeah, but like, it's insane. And again, this is going to happen more. Okay, quickly, what are the next steps? Because we got about a half hour left where Ian has to leave. Oh, yeah, I got to. Ooh. For the good old I gotta days. I got to go. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, refunds. The word should be loud and clear to people you know that have pre ordered this. Refunds. There's there's an email I don't have it in front of me, but there's you go to the website, ask around. It's I think it's like I, I look around, but I'll, I think it's like Kevin at Intellivision Entertainment or something like that is the person you contact for a refund. I, I hope you're right, uh, Ian, or else Kevin, whoever the Kevin is on television, will be pissed at us. But contact Intellivision, uh, tweet at them, DM them, Facebook, get your refund back now because something tells me there's not going to be money back for refunds later for how, however many people still have this five thousand people, you know. So, like, get it now. Um, then accountability is coming. It's already kind of came down on some of these influencers that have ruined whatever little reputation they have and lost money potentially. But I think there'll be accountability also professionally for the people involved, uh, for ex-CEO, uh, Tommy, for, for current folks. Uh, I'm not, they'll probably try to fill out him, you know, if he was involved potentially before with a, with a failed venture. He might show up again just to get some cash. I don't know. But there should be accountability for those involved. And then finally, down the line, if we get to that point and if there's an investigation, civil slash criminal uh, penalties for those involved if there was anything fraudulent that occurred or misrepresentations. But that's way down the line. Yeah. That's going to happen way down the line if it happens. We already know the SEC was aware of, of misrepresentation before we covered that. With the Jay Allard stuff, when he was, you know, saying, "Oh, he's, we got the guy who did the, the 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 Xbox." No, you don't. You don't have him anymore. You haven't. You can't say that in a sleazy marketing video. You can't say this shit in interviews. You can't say you can't you can't you can't do that when you're running a company. You can't make up shit that you still have people working with you that helped launch the Wii and shit. You can't say this shit and get away with it, in my estimation, and trick people and investors. So that's the next steps coming down the line. So that's where we end off for now. 
So this is this is happening so quickly now that maybe we won't talk about this for another month, maybe in a week or two. We don't know because we didn't think we were talking about it last week. We didn't think. No, like I said during last week's segment, literally two days before, I said, has anything been going on with the Amico? Yes. I hadn't been paying attention. This week, I've been up on it. Well, we're going to get we're going to get the next date by the end of the month, they said. So in two weeks. All right. Ian, we got a we got a we got a Patreon poll. We have a Patreon as well. We do patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, you pay, you get the full video podcast. You get writings. I got to do one today. Oh, you do. Um, we do monthly hangouts. We just did one this last week. We do poll topics that you can vote on like this right here. We also have bonus bits, but bonus bits um, that you can get on the Patreon. Yeah, this week we talk about bad dreams. Yeah. Bad dreams. Uh, we have a poll here. Uh, second place. Learn hard- about the bar Bobby Keister's. <laughs> Yes, uh, Ian had a dream about a, a Bobby Kotick themed restaurant, so you can click, check out that hardest NES boss fight. Second place, thirty four percent. In first place, sixty six percent. How did you discover obscure gaming consoles? Very good question because it's not like we we all have knowledge just dropped on us. And we we have to learn about stuff, Ian, right? Yeah. So I think for me, when I was a kid, I think having um, access to the internet at a younger age than a lot of people um, was a big was a big boon for me because my father was always as a teacher going to college the computer became it was one of those things where like if my parents had any other job I would not have had a computer growing up because I just okay. didn't have the money for it okay we had computers growing up despite the not having much money because it was a legitimate tool that my father could make use of for school, both in terms of writing his papers, printing his papers, doing his spreadsheets, doing his, you know, grade books and all that. He just really picked that up when, you know, teachers started kind of going from paper, you know, books to, you know, computers and just got really into it. So we always had them. Um, and I remember, you know, my dad signing on to like gopher, um, you know, we had Prodigy, uh, we had AOL. Gopher was like early Gopher. internet. Oh, go- I don't ever heard of Gopher. Was uh, that go- regional or was that national? Gopher Protocol was Gopher. Uh, national. Okay. Um, and oh, they're still around. I'm sure there's still Gopher Protocol. I mean, it was a protocol type. I don't. I didn't okay. know much about it. Um, so he showed me how to like log into these things and search for information on, you know, the topics I was interested in. You know, he'd show me where there was like Lord of the Rings fan pages and he'd show me where there was like video game fan pages. So you just start reading all that stuff. I, you know, as a kid who was bored, you know, I'd go online and I'd read this stuff and eventually you start figuring, finding out about stuff that you didn't know about before. And you get more and more interested in that. I probably found out about the TurboGrafx-16 um, online or something like, no, I probably, so say that early. Um, yeah, maybe. You think it was eight, eight, back in 89, 90? Or you're going later on? No, I'm talking oh, later. Oh, I just, oh, that's like how I discovered it. Yeah, okay. I, didn't, I didn't discover it like when okay. it was new. No, gotcha. no, it's just obscure stuff. Yeah, okay, gotcha. no, I didn't discover it. Oh, that's why it wasn't available in Buffalo market. No, yeah. no, no, I, I, yeah. Um, the other way of doing it was just going to like flea markets and stuff. Um, you go to enough flea markets, you're always going to find the people who are selling stuff, and you're always. You know, that doesn't happen to me anymore, but that was actually a really exciting yeah. thing I liked a lot about going to flea markets and garage sales when I was younger is seeing the stuff that I didn't know was just as cool as seeing the stuff that I did know. It's like, oh, cool. They have Nintendo games. I'm going to look through these. But what, what the fuck are these credit card looking type things? 
you know? Sure. So, you know, by, by diving into your own hobby, you would start to kind of tangentially get, you know, gain knowledge of there being more out there than you oh. thought. And I would always go after it. Um, in the school I went to through friends, I think was another way. I had a friend who had a rich mom, had the TurboGrafx 16, had the Sega master system, had all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think those were like the, the main areas for me would be the internet and um, flea markets, seeing what else was around. I learned about a lot of that stuff. I learned about the Odyssey from going through my grandparents' attic because there was one up there, you know, and that gets you looking through old catalogs and you start to ask questions about stuff that you didn't know about. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. That's what I would say. My uh, uncle... When I talk about the uncle, and, the, and there was like the three cousins they had the playroom. We always played NES. We go to parties. Mm -hmm. I remember one time looking. I was probably like eight, nine years old, and he had um, in the back. I, he had um, God. Which one was it? Yeah, it, it was. I think it was the Odyssey two, because I remember seeing the Quest for the Rings game. In the okay, and I was like, "What is this console? It's like orangey and yellow on it." The board game game. Yeah, there's two of those. Right? Uh, the financial one too. Yeah. And he had that, but so I could picture him. Okay, so he would have been in the late seventies. He would have been, let's just see, he was probably born say fifty to fifty-two. He would have been late twenties when it came out, not even, like around thirty. We'll just say when, when he bought the, the Odyssey two. So it's just, it was interesting to think that in the head about okay, thirty-year-old guy buys his first and maybe only game console for him. Yeah, and like something grabbed him. Seeing the Leonard Nimoy commercials, but I discovered it seeing that we never played it, never asked it out because it's like at that point it's like what are you going to do? Um, now, I took the question a little bit different because when you say obscure, like Neo Geo was advertising all the, all the circulars, uh, the Sunday circulars. And then I was fortunate enough to be in North Jersey where you can find TurboGrafx-16 in games. It was a major metropol metropolitan area. So it was advertised every week, and I saw commercials. And it was at Toys R Us. So I don't know if that, that counts, but that was obscure overall. Sure. But that counts. Um, talked about a few weeks ago about like retro regrets about giving up the uh, imagination machine. Like I wouldn't discover that. Oh yeah, yeah. Wouldn't Absolutely. discover that if uh, you know, unless my cousin got it from his neighbor. Wouldn't discover that at all. <clears throat> uh, I don't remember. I think the APF I discovered separately, the APF MP one thousand. But I, I couldn't tell you how I discovered that. Right. I know where I bought the bus, but I, but I knew about it before that. Um, something like you said, the flea markets. One of the ones that still comes to mind. I never saw it in Jersey. Never saw it ever. The Watara supervision. Uh, the little hands. Oh out. yeah. I saw. I used to see it out here. Like every few months when I first moved. Really? Yeah. Oh, I came across it a, a few times. I, remember, I asked one time if you wanted one. I, I, used to call I have one with a broken screen. No, I sold it. But yeah. I used to call Ian and annoy me at 8 o'clock in the morning. I knew I'd wait till at least 8 o'clock <laughs> before I went to work. I said, what a nice friend I am. Hey, Ian, you want this? And sometimes I, you want it, but most times I'm like, no. No, let me sleep. I, I tell him what. Let I, me sleep. This is pre-podcast, Melissa. I tell him, you know, like I found this and that, and Ian didn't care. I was trying to, I needed, I was lonely, Ian. So, <laughs> so the Watara supervision was, was one for sure. Um, and then in terms of other obscure ones, like you said, it's, it's a lot of it was the internet. Message um, boards were a huge boon. TSR NES archive. That's how I discovered there was an M8 demo unit. Yeah. Not just not, not its own console, but I knew there was an M82. I didn't know there was the M8. There was a pre-version to that. TSR NES pit is really my, instrumental in me having the interest in video games that I do to this you day. would not be here if it wasn't for TSR. We've got to find out what happened to TSR. They're happy to retire. Uh, I think he did the website Mag Weasel after that. Mag Weasel, which was okay. an early 
Uh, I mean, that was his recent thing, but even that's really old at this point. Magweasel was like an early internet site that did like scans of um, like Japanese gaming oh, magazines and stuff okay. like that that you could browse through. Good for TSR. Did you discover Wally Bear on TSR? Is that how you discovered it? Because it was on there. That was one of the articles. Must have. You must have. That's yeah. how I discovered that and all the uh, Wisdom Tree games. I had no idea there were unlicensed games outside of the Tengen games. Sure. I, I had no idea there was a bunch of other cards with weird shapes and colors. No clue. Because you couldn't see them. Like, they weren't at Toys R Us. They weren't at Kitty City or KB. Like, where could you find them? It had to be like a little one-off toy store somewhere. Right. right? You had, like, did you, were those sold locally by you? Do you remember? Mm. No, not that I think of. Not that I can think of. I okay. My cousin did have micro machines. We had the, so that was on QVC. That was the only thing I can think of that like, like those those Chimera, those Quattro ones. Yeah, were sold on. Uh, yeah, I never saw those. I didn't see uh, those out in the wild anywhere until I started seeing them pop up used in like GameStop used bins. Um, I I don't remember those ever being sold like at the at, no. like Toys R Us didn't have them. Oh no, right after the Tangan thing, that was it. Nintendo's like, no, no, yeah, you're not selling. You couldn't find Tetris at uh, taking Tetris at Toys R Us. Um, so, in terms of other obscure ones, any always come to mind? Obscure handhelds that how did you this guys go to Neo Geo Pocket Color? How did you discover that? Because uh, I was really into Neo Geo games, and it was just like you know through the websites. You know, it, it was again, it was through um, probably an online message board, maybe even the TSR one. Someone mentioned it. I looked into it. I of course knew who SNK was. I saw like all the games, but I remember being that guy who was calling and harassing. Uh, like my local GameStop, and they're like, we're going to get them, we're going to get them, and then they got them, and they actually had like a little store display for it. I went on my birthday, and I got my Neo Geo Pocket Color. Um, but that was the internet, too. It really does come down to a lot of it. It's just, a lot of it was just the internet. A lot of it was just the internet? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the good old flea markets. I'm trying to think if there's one last one I ever found at the flea market before. Uh, I mean, all those cl- pawn clones, I used to find tons of them. Ones that look like radio receivers and other things like that almost doesn't count because they made dozens of those in the seventies, you know the pond clothes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well that was a, that was a pretty good uh, pretty good one. All right, we got voicemails. We skipped last week. We're back. Anchor.fm slash slash the CU podcast. Uh, let's go to the first one here. Hey Pat and Ian, question about emulation. Um, copyright issues and Xbox. Um, not a debate about if piracy emulation uh, and all that is okay or morally right or whatever, uh, but about paying money. We see Nintendo go after pe- emulation sites for uh, charging money. Microsoft has the development mode on their new Xbox. They charge you $20 to activate it. They know that people are not developing apps using it. I mean, some are, but we know, it, be real, 90% of people are using it to emulate uh, GameCube games on an Xbox. Microsoft's charging $20 for that. Um, they're also selling consoles because of it. I know people that were going to buy a PS5 or an Xbox. They bought the Xbox instead to use dev mode to emulate. Did Microsoft open themselves up to a $100 billion lawsuit from Nintendo because they charge $20 for dev mode um, and are continuing to allow people to emulate with it? Thanks. Curious about the question. Bye. Uh, no. No. No, de- 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 <laughs> dev mode, they're, they're not advertising emulation. They're not providing emulators. Emulating in general is not illegal. They're not because you don't know what you're providing ROMs. They're, they're not, not providing ROMs. They don't, they don't know what you're emulating. They don't have like instructions on their Microsoft site saying this is how you do it. Furthermore, and, there is a whole other reason for dev mode to yes. exist that they can point to as yes. being a verified reason yes. why it exists. Yeah, it's, it's fine. They're charging you $20 and, for a service. And, and the console is not for emulation. It's for another purpose. So like, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it's fine. I mean, a bar charges a cover sure, fee. I go in there and I punch someone. Are they? I, I'm sure if Nintendo had a pro, uh, problem with it, it would they would have spoken to Microsoft by now about right. it. Be like, you guys gotta 
got to knock that off. Pat, Ian, this is Matt from Rochester, New York again. Um, Cold up a bit of an odd question here, but do you have any uh, game you turn to when you've dealt with a heartbreak or a bad breakup? Going through that right now, oh, don't really have a game to turn to to just take my mind off of it. Just wanted your input. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry, man. Get back out there. Plenty of fish in the sea. Uh, my response for that always, whether it's a death or something, you know, uh, romantic happened in my life uh, i turn to something that is grindy that i can turn my my head off I, I play i play pokemon and i level up pokemon or my favorite game series to go to since its inception as i play um etrian odyssey which is a grindy first person dungeon crawler where you have to draw your own maps oh uh, um, old school yeah i mean whatever you're you're into find something that is Find something where you're repeating the same kind of like gameplay loop <clears throat> every five minutes or so. Something where you can turn your head off and there's no story, but it's enjoyable. RPGs are good for that because you can just be like, I'm done doing story stuff and I'm just going to watch the numbers go up for a few hours. That's what I would suggest. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Greg calling from Florida. Greg? This question's for Ian. I was just interested to see what flower strains and edibles you prefer. Thanks. Love the podcast. Uh, my favorite edibles are Smokies, uh, Jamberry, sour Jamberry edibles. Um, jamberry. They, they, jamberry. It's like a, I, I've also heard the combination referred to as Bumbleberry. It's bumble like berry. berry and apple and strawberry. Um, strains. I, as time goes on, I think there's really less and less of a difference between Sativa and Indica. I've had indicas that make me very tired but i've also had sativas that make me very tired so really i just go for whatever looks nice and smells good because i want it to taste decent hey guys it's andrew of ukraine hey, andrew. question to both of you did you ever had a game that you played and loved as a kid and when you wanted to buy it again nowadays you found out that this game is rare and crazy expensive in ukraine we never had nes games officially we played Chinese Famiclones and cheap bootlegged cartridges. And guess what? My favorite games were Zen Intergalactic Ninja, Rocking Cats, and Contra Force. Wow. And yeah, now those cost a couple hundreds each. Yeah, Contra Force in particular. Anyway, thank you for your podcast. Tommy Tellerico sucks. Bye. <laughs> hey, Andrew, I hope you stay safe in Ukraine. Hopefully there's a political solution that there won't be some, some yeah. fucking... Some bad stuff happening right now. Um, as far as games that uh, I found out, so I, that happened with NES games, but I'd say the big shocker for me was, and I knew it at the time, I got rid of a game called Cubivore when I left Buffalo. It's uh, a GameCube game uh, where you control a cube. It's it's a fun game. It's not a great game. It's, it's, it's neat. Where you control a cube and you have to sneak up on other cubes and you eat them and then you evolve into larger That's adorable. creatures. Uh, was it like $1,000 now in the game? It's like $350 or $400 Holy now. Shit. And it was a weird game that was hard to find when it came out. And it was one of those games where like I had been in, I'd been buying and paying attention to video game prices for a long enough time that when I handed it to the dude at GameStop to sell it, I said, this is going to kick my ass in a couple of years. Well, and he goes, what do you, you do mean? It? Because I needed money to fucking move out of Buffalo. Okay. How much did you get? Uh, I actually, because, well, and uh, I got like 25 in cash for it at the time. 
I think they sold it for like 55. So I should have known then that at a GameCube game that was a couple of years old that, you yeah, know, they didn't make probably, that many of them probably. Right. Small print run. So I was just like this. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I, this is going to be worth a lot in the future. I just know oh, this is going yeah. to be one of those games. And yeah, sure enough, I've I've wanted it back. It's not like an amazing game. So like I'll live without it. But I wanted to play all the way through it again. It's quirky, and yeah, right. It's last time I checked, it was like three hundred and fifty dollars. So I'm sure it's probably like five to six hundred now. Someone's birthday's coming soon. So seven months, seven months. Uh, next one here. Hi, Pat and Ian, or Ian and Pat. This is Jordan from Eastern Canada. Love the show. Listening to you guys talk about the video games years, video game years makes me really miss them. Um, and as with everybody else, I wish there was a way to feasibly do the nineties. I know you said it was a huge headache to make, but my God, I'd buy it. I'd literally buy it. All of it. Um, my question for you is where do the limited sealed and uh, value the value drops come from okay thanks keep up the great work the value ian said that in same events video sealed i i did that i started doing that in the collection video that ian hated me for for filming that back in like 2012 like summer that that summer yep and then what was the third one limited uh yoshi got me this mushroom several years back and somehow it was a little mental tick every time we said limited i would hit it and that's it. That's all. That's where the start. And, and the way we uh, say limited is in um, limited. It's a uh, it's a reference to Don uh, Don West. Don West. Shop at home. That's yeah. The limited. That's where we start. I used to hit it. I used to hit it because there was nothing else in the table back in the condo. There was nothing else in the table. We had the mixer, and that's it. I, we had our laptops, and, and that's it. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's Ian from Texas. I wanted to ask you your thoughts about buying sealed games with the intention of actually opening them and playing them especially in cases where there's not much value or price difference between oh, yeah. sealed and complete in box. Do you think it's actually worth buying a game sealed so that you're guaranteed it's in the best condition and won't have rusty pins or disc damage from previous owners, or is that overkill? Thanks. I, I love freeing them from their, their plastic prison. Um, there's been, I, I, I know one of them specifically was... Uh, New Adventure Island, whatever the Japanese name is. Um, but there have been a few games that I've purchased in the past couple of years for PC Engine that it's easier to find copies of them new. It's easier to find copies new than it is used. And when you do find a used copy, it's like maybe 10 bucks cheaper. I oh, always yeah. buy the new copy in that instance. Yeah. Rip it open, get yeah. that new game smell. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, if it's a game like that, it's not it's not unethical to open a sealed game that's even ready. No, there's nothing unethical about it. You can do whatever you want. It's just like, we look at the collector side, how many there are out there. But yeah, I have no problem opening a sealed game up. If you really want to, it's, it's your game. You can do it. It's fun. It's, it's still the same object yeah. somehow without without a thin fucking micrometer of cellophane. Whoa, how does Look at that. Wow, it's the same object? Really? A little sassy, Patrick. Patney and it's Lamley here from the UK, Nottingham to be precise. Just about to make some enchiladas in the kitchen. And the question I want to ask you guys is I'm a huge fan of video games and professional wrestling. Um, So I was just wondering number one, do you guys watch AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling still currently? Not anymore. And what are your favorite wrestling games uh, that you've played over the years? Obviously, No Mercy is the big one for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, No Mercy. Obviously, Fire Pro Series we talked about a lot. No Mercy I never got into totally because I never – the mechanics are fine, but I'm so used to, like, Fire Pro mechanics that it's hard for me to play another wrestling game that much. Besides, I mean, I played the SmackDown games and like those. So I guess with No Mercy, I did play it for a bit on an emulator but never 
got super super in depth with it. No mercy. I played a lot. I played a lot of all of the um, uh, AKI wrestling games because my friend growing up, my my closest friend growing up, who was also into wrestling, was the person I knew who had an N sixty four. We played those constantly. We used to do. Our favorite way to set up those AKI games was to do 40-man battle royals, uh, no over-the-top rope elimination. Oh, wow. You had to get pinned or submitted. It takes forever, it, it, it took hours, but it was, we would just, it was fun to fucking kill a couple hours after school and there was nothing else, and it was always fun to, um, it was always fun to, like, see what wrestler you were going to get. Sure. Um, so I love those. Obviously, Fire Pro is my favorite wrestling game series. Uh, I really like that. And uh, I did have fun with some of the Smackdowns as <clears throat> as well. Oh, yeah, they were good. And, and then the one coming out there, they did the engine from scratch for this new one coming out because it was such a mess from before. Yeah, that's why they skipped two years, I think. One year at least. Um, yeah. Just to throw it out, I mean, we talked about it when it was coming out because we were in it. But uh, um, Retromania Wrestling has a really nice engine to it. I like it. Combina- combination of WrestleFest and Fire Pro, basically. Yeah, uh, it's a really good dungeon. I, 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 I would recommend people play it. Um, I know it was kind of the point of the game to like focus on the indie wrestlers, but a, uh, and I, I know it's a small company, but I, I just that engine with more wrestlers or a creative wrestler, creator wrestler would be. Mike knows that it'd be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he does know uh, that. Obviously, obviously, creative wrestler would vault it up to the upper echelon. Fantastic game. If everyone though. could create themselves in any wrestling game that's creative wrestler without if creative wrestler was not in in wrestling games i think the popularity would take, take such a hit because like that's like such a big part of it nowadays like oh yeah a huge part do you do one more one more well i'm sure you fine gentlemen have heard the news about me not being a television ceo anymore and i'm sure you're just absolutely heartbroken about it or at least you would be if you had one to begin with but i'll have you know just like when I left Atari age, it was totally my decision. I was always just a placeholder CEO, and I knew I could better serve this great company as the CCO. Especially when you factor in my 3,000 years of experience doing that exact job. Let me just look up what it is real quick, because, you know, when you get my age, you forget things. The CCO directs the company's creative output, developing artistic design strategies, defines the company's brand creates the unique image of the firm and deliver this distinctive design. Who wrote this? Did I write this? (laughs) To consumers and create a clear brand image which is fundamental throughout the company. Yes, I was born for that shit, so suck (laughs) it! Okay, well, best of luck in the new role there, Tommy. Best of luck. Best of luck as CCO. This was fun. This was was a fun one. It was alright. It wasn't two hours like last time. It was still long, though. The Miko stuff, we just go on about. And on and on. It was, uh... We went like an hour 40. So there you go. Not so bad. That's not as bad. Anything's a little bit easier. So. All right, everyone. Thank you. Again, we'll be at the SoCal Gaming Expo. End of the month. Sure, sure. End will. of the month in our semi backyards. God, we need a San Diego one. Yeah, we do. Uh, oh, I said October. February 26th and 27th. A week and a half. You're making that drive down there. Jesus. Isn't that weird? February just snuck up on us, and now it's like almost gone. It's gone. We're going to be at spring next month. Spring is, spring is springing. Spring is springing. Shush. The end of next month. All right. We'll see you later.